Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. My husband's browser history shattered my heart. I would try to make this as short as possible. It's a lot to unpack, but there is some backstory that's important. We've been married for nine years and have two little kids. Our relationship has had its ups and downs throughout the years, but nothing terrible that we couldn't pull through. Mostly pure exhaustion from hard pregnancies, disconnection and lack of sex because of said difficult pregnancies and a super difficult infant who didn't sleep for two years. Bankruptcy, a job he hated. Yeah, it's been a little tough. But we're each other's person, you know, like I love this man to the ends of the earth So when I tell you what I saw on his browser history not only shattered my heart But I could literally feel parts of my soul dying here we go About a year ago, my husband and I had a huge heart-to-heart talk about reconnecting and wanted to get back to a new normal after kids. So we started really making us a priority, rebuilding our relationship and sharing our most intimate feelings. My husband opened up to me about his desire to give a man oral, that he isn't attracted to men, but he is attracted to male genitals. Now, I have no problem with this. In fact, I felt this overwhelming sense of attraction to him in that moment. I loved how vulnerable and honest he felt like he could be with me. It was special. So we talked more and more about what that situation would look like, etc. We both agreed on our boundaries and our number one rule, no matter what, is to always do anything sexual together. So we found a safe avenue to meet like-minded couples. We had one experience and it was great, but was uncontrollably cut short. So we've opened our minds to the possibility of trying to find a male friend. In the meantime, my husband gets a new job and is starting to travel. Fast forward three months after our last and only experience, and my husband gets the news that he'll be traveling to Europe for 10 days. The weeks leading up to this trip, he was so distracted with what I thought was travel plans, bookings, ordering things he needed for his trip. I give him grace because he's never been to Europe and I know he's excited. Fast forward to the night before he leaves. We're laying in bed, cuddling, about to love on each other, and out of the blue, he asked me, If I met a man in Europe, would you be okay with me doing stuff with him? My heart sank to my stomach. My throat closed up and all I could squeak out was no. I could tell that he was disappointed in my response and he said, I don't want you to worry. I just needed to ask and now I know. I couldn't talk. I just cried myself to sleep. He woke up before me that morning and sent a long apologizing text to me to read when I woke up, telling me not to worry. I said no and that is that. I just found this whole situation so so odd and so random like what and then he asked me the night before he leaves so i tell him that i'm super uncomfortable and i'm worried because he's leaving for 10 days and we can't unpack this together the way we need to he literally leaves like two hours later every single internal alarm is going off red flags are waving in the wind and i looked i looked at his browser history and it broke my spirits According to his history, two days after he found out he'd be traveling, he created a sex dating profile for this particular area. Then he deleted his profile the morning after he asked me the question. Then reactivated the account the moment he got to the airport. His profile read, seeking couples or a single male to show him around, have a few drinks, and if things go well, maybe some guy-on-guy playtime. Heart 
shattered. Then I see that he spent hours researching happy ending massages, sex clubs, BDSM clubs, glory holes, and escorts, all female escorts. He researched pricing and location proximity to his hotel room. As far as I'm able to tell, nothing happened with anyone from the sex site. But it wasn't because of his lack of effort. He was trying real hard. But I have very little confidence in saying that I doubt something happened at all. Whether it was a strip club, which he can go to, but it has to be with me. That's one of our rules. Or a sex club or a happy ending massage. I've looked at our finances. And if anything did happen, he paid cash or has a card I don't know about. So I'm just here, staring at our little kids, heartbroken and hiding it from the world. I don't want our marriage to end, but I feel like this is going to be a very painful process. And I just want to be the best mum to our kids. And doing that while mending a broken heart is just the hardest thing I've tried to do. I don't know how to tell him that I know. I also know now that he researches these things everywhere he travels and is most likely visiting a strip club twice a month when he's gone. I'll never understand hurting someone you love, even if you think they won't find out. Sigh. About two days after my initial post, I had a dream that I had a heart attack because of all this stress and I decided that enough was enough. I hugged him this morning and told him that we needed to talk about something tonight after the kids were in bed. So he had to think about it all day and I had more time to prepare my words. At around 8pm when the house was silent, I asked if he had anything that he wanted to tell me and that this was his one and only chance to come clean to me about anything he'd done that would hurt me. He confessed to going to a strip club in the town he has to travel to often, not Europe. I just looked at him and said, keep going. He kind of stumbled with words and looked confused and slightly panicked. So I said, here, let me just hand you my phone. I handed him my phone and on the screen, I pulled up my Reddit post. I said, it's probably better for you to read it because I don't know if I can get the words out properly. He read everything and some of the comments. He immediately apologized for everything. He said he visited one strip club and one sex club while in Europe. He said he walked in, got grossed out and walked out of the sex club but stayed at the strip club for a few drinks. I just let him talk and I cried and cried, hoping I could get it all out so I would be able to utter the words, I don't believe you. Those words came out of my mouth at a volume and intensity I don't know that I've ever felt before. I don't believe you came barreling through the tears and then the anger hit. For the first time in our relationship, I don't believe you. That sentence took both of our breaths away. I could see the feeling of failure and remorse on his face. I asked, why? Like I need an effing answer as to why you felt the need or desire to do this. Even though I do believe he didn't actually physically do anything with anyone. He reassured me a hundred times. Am I dumb for believing that? Maybe, but my gut has been pretty spot on. So I'm following it on this. He told me, just like a lot of you have said in the comments, that the app, the research of escorts, was just another more real feeling version of prawn. That he absolutely could have done things with people there, but never ever had a plan to go through with anything. Because I said no to his request about hooking up with someone in Europe if he met the right person, he said instead he just looked and did things with himself to the thought of knowing he basically could buy a good time anytime he wanted with these people and that it's legal. I wanted to punch him. I didn't. As I balled my fists, I screamed, Grow up. You're a husband, a father, a son, a brother. You have a life so many people can't even dream about. You have a wife right in front of you, willing to go above and beyond for this relationship and your sexual curiosities. And what do you do? Focus all of your time and energy on strangers on the internet. Shatter my trust for you. Blasted through a boundary that was set about solo visits to strip clubs because you felt like that was the lesser of the evils and you've put so much time and effort into this research, you might as well reward yourself for not hooking up with escorts in Europe. He really didn't have much to say as I paused for a breath. 
Other than, you're right. I've been awful and I don't know what to say to make you believe that I wouldn't harm our family. I wouldn't harm your health by being with any of those people that I researched. I hope you know I know how lucky I am and I don't know why I can't control myself. I told him that I absolutely believe that he has a prone addiction that has now turned extremely dangerous for us as a couple and family. He agreed. Without defense, he agreed to everything I said. We're gonna start counseling together and singularly. There's so much more to say, but I'm tired. This has been so taxing and I'm just getting through it. I know I'm going to get so much heck for staying with him. I've made it perfectly clear that this is it. My words to him were, if you mess up, the kids and I are out. I told him that I had to sit down and imagine a completely new life with the kids. I've had to endure that heartache of imagining our lives moving on without him. I've already calloused my heart to the thoughts, which should scare the heck out of him. But also know this, I said, I will not go down silently. This is your chance to be a better man right here, right now. He's been amazing to us since then. He's owned up to his word and kept his promises so far. He's been communicating with me about so many things. He's decreased his prawn habits by probably 90%. He's dating me again and playing with the kids more. I feel like I'm seeing the person I married again, but I'm also so scared that when this honeymoon phase ends, what's next? Ugh, people, just don't hurt your person. Make life beautiful and just love them with all you've got. Now, that update was posted on r slash true off my chest literally two weeks ago to the day, which, to be honest, guys, I don't want to say this, but it makes me a little bit worried because it's literally only been five weeks since he was called out in the first place, since this entire thing started. It's three weeks between the first post and the update, and that is, as OP says, clearly the honeymoon phase. Like, ideally, you're going to be with this man for life, right? You've been with him nine years. You don't want to just see this behavior lasting for a couple of weeks a couple of months hey even a couple of years and then he slowly regresses back into what he was doing there's a reason why he was doing that in the first place i would suggest that unless you really do get some great therapy and he really wants to change his ways there's a pretty high chance that he'll fall back into that same sort of behavior i don't know maybe that's a bit harsh to say but that is my initial inclination i've got to be honest if anything you could say that maybe these days he's just better at clearing his history he's going to become more secretive it's a massive thing to do all the stuff that he said like if you get what i'm saying the sort of stuff that he's doing is at such a level that he's not just gonna be able to completely go oh yeah that was wrong i'm not gonna do that anymore like that was a big part of his life clearly and he had big desires to do this sort of stuff the sense is about it being legal and him being like oh this is so fun if i really wanted to i could just do this is mental like where's the trust there i don't know just be careful is all i Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Say. I met my wife's boyfriend and felt like a guest in my home. This weekend, I met my wife's new boyfriend. I have a lot of feelings about it. And although my wife listened to me, she literally said, I don't know how to respond to your concerns. And that ended the conversation. To set the stage, this was not our first time meeting the other's partners. I have met a now ex-boyfriend of hers and she met my current girlfriend. In both of those cases, we went out to lunch in public and had a friendly getting to know you conversation did a second activity and then parted ways. 
There was no touching between anyone during the initial meetings. It was just a friendly hinge chat to introduce matters. This weekend, my wife had invited her boyfriend over for breakfast and didn't prep for it at all. She was in bed minutes before he arrived and sent me to the store to buy everything we needed. I said we should go out at that point, but she said she wanted to cook. When I got home, he was already in my house with my wife in the master bedroom while she was getting ready. This made me tense because we've never had other people in our bedroom before and my wife had previously marked it as her hard boundary. I was nervous about meeting this guy because we had a three-way phone call a month ago and I wasn't digging his personality. Now I was on edge because of the groceries, because she wasn't ready and because he was in my space. The guy comes out of my bedroom and he's wearing a full suit and tie while I'm in t-shirt and jeans. I perceived this as an odd choice and a power imbalance. My wife later told me he always wears suits, but that literally isn't true because after breakfast, he changed clothes to go on a date with her and ended up in a t-shirt and jeans. So let me get this straight. He wore a suit for breakfast, then changed out of it for the rest of the day. What? We sit down at the table and my wife starts cooking. Already, this is uncomfy to me because the hinge is missing from our conversation. Previously, we sat down at a table together, but my wife was effectively uninvolved in me meeting him for the first time, just occasionally chiming in while cooking. And we didn't really vibe. We'd ask each other a question or two, and then it would peter out until a new topic came up. When the conversation died down, the boyfriend just spews sexual comments, saying that he wants to bend her over the kitchen table right now, that she should stop cooking and do stuff with us, asking if we want to jump into a threesome right now, etc. When we previously spoke on the phone, this is part of what made me uncomfy because the conversation was going well until he hyperfixated on sex and any other conversation broke down. I had previously conveyed this to my wife after the call, but I'm ashamed to say I didn't stand up for myself. I have difficulty saying what I want to in the moment. I was also trying to give him the benefit of the doubt and I didn't want to be too aggressive when meeting him for the first time. My wife sits down with plates of food and the guy asks if he can sit next to her. We have a square table with a chair on each side. He picked up his chair and sat on the same side of the table as her. Now that was super weird to me and made me uncomfortable. My wife later insisted he always does this. My beef is that it felt like he didn't view this as an opportunity to meet me. He viewed it as a date with my wife and also I was there. After the plates were put away, I went to the bathroom and came back to them making out in the kitchen. This was my first time visually seeing my wife with another person and I was fine with it. But then as I started doing the dishes, he pushed her down on the couch and fully got on top of her, making out and groping her. My wife said no and pushed him off. So he went to the bathroom. At this point, I talked to my wife and said that her boyfriend was making me extremely uncomfortable in my own home and that I wanted him to tone it down. He walked up behind me, having gone in the hall but not actually gone to the bathroom, and said, Don't mind me, I'm not eavesdropping. I asked my wife to meet me in private to express my frustration. She said that this is just how he is. I said we didn't talk about boundaries for this meeting. I assumed it would be like the other two meetings we've had that I explained previously and that many of the things he's done had crossed lines for me and made me feel uncomfortable in my house. She says to give her a minute and she'll take care of it. I return to the kitchen and he's changing clothes. He brought all his clean laundry in a suitcase and was cycling through outfits, asking my wife what she thought of each. 
I later told my wife that was extremely weird to me, especially since she went out there with the intent to tell him to tone it down. She said the alternative was that she and he go into the bathroom while he changes. Fast forward, they leave to go on their date. I stay busy the rest of the day and can't get a hold of my wife from noon to midnight. I go to bed having asked her to check in three times. Called her and no response. At 4am, she woke me up to ask if he could spend the night because they'd been out until 3.30am and it was an hour drive back to his house. I said no because we'd planned a full day, just us, for the next day. My wife went out to talk to him, then came back and said he was too tired to drive and asked me to reconsider. I'm barely awake, so I begrudgingly say fine. My wife promises not to stay out so late again and we go to bed. Boyfriend sleeps in the guest room. My wife and I had planned to go to breakfast, but had to put a pause on that because the boyfriend hadn't woken up by 10 a.m. I say we can get drive through breakfast. And my wife sends me out alone because she doesn't want him to wake up in the house by himself. She tells me he'll be gone by the time I get back. At 10.45, I get home and he's still there. My wife comes down and makes him coffee because we didn't get him anything because he was supposed to be gone already. I told my wife point blank I wanted him to leave because this was our day together and we'd already had to change plans because of him. She said that would be rude and that we still had the whole rest of the day just us. He ended up staying until noon. He didn't say a word to me as he sat at the table drinking coffee and then fist bumped me goodbye. When he finally left, my wife asked how I thought it went. I expressed everything I've described here told her his personality made me uncomfortable. He ignored me, made me feel like a guest in my house. I didn't appreciate him spending the night, etc., etc., etc. My wife said, thank you for being honest. I don't know how to respond to your concerns. It's important to me that you like him. I need to think about this and shut the conversation down for now so that we could focus on our planned day. I don't know how to handle all of this. I do not like this man. Okay, there we go. That is it for the original post. Now, everything I say from this point onwards, I'm saying in the context of knowing that this is posted on r slash polyamory, right? So I'm not going to say anything about, okay, if you don't like him, then you should talk to your wife and just try and be with her one-on-one, stuff like that. It's not worth me saying. Polyamory is already, you know, a pretty contentious thing. I don't agree with it, but, you know, people like it and and that's, that's up to them. You know, OP and his wife seem pretty content with that and i'm not going to argue against that so just want to make that abundantly clear before we focus on this post now in terms of advice that i could give op just off the rip i don't know this guy just seems like an awful bloke but if your wife's into him i don't really know what you can say other than she's being extremely disrespectful by not really listening to your opinion at all i don't know exactly how polyamory works maybe one day i will i doubt it but all i will say is that surely if you are married to somebody, even if you are polyamorous, they're the person that you have to respect the most. I don't know. Anyone watching or listening that loves a little bit of that, let me know in the comments down below if that's how it works. Maybe I'm wrong. However, where this story really takes a turn for the worst is in the update. I mean, not saying it's not weird already, but just a month later, we got this update with a truly terrifying title. Everyone met my wife's boyfriend and fears for her safety. So a lot has happened since my last post. Using the advice I got from r slash polyamory, I set a clear boundary with my wife that I did not want to interact with her boyfriend again and that he wasn't welcome in the house while I was there. I expressly stated how uncomfortable he made me with specific examples. I used a lot of the advice folks gave her and I came to an understanding. True to form, I have not seen the boyfriend since then. But then things got worse. 
I was out of town for the weekend and my wife had the boyfriend over for two whole days In that time he met our two housemates and made them both extremely uncomfortable He met my girlfriend's parents as well and made them extremely uncomfortable And he and my wife had loud sex in the guest room at 2 a.m And kept our roommate awake when she had work the next day The roommate actually interrupted them because it was keeping her awake And this was after they'd set a house rule that they'd not do this as it's already happened once before on sunday morning while i was away i woke up to angry text messages from both our roommates describing what they called serial killer behavior both said they were furious and extremely uncomfortable interesting to me is they both described the same pretend to go to the bathroom to cover eavesdropping in the hallway thing that i described previously This made me upset as I obviously want my housemates to feel safe on my way home on sunday My mother-in-law called to say she had father's day brunch with my wife and her new boyfriend And he made the whole extended family extremely uncomfortable Such that they don't want to interact with him again This was extremely irritating because my wife did not tell me that she intended to introduce the boyfriend to her family at all Which is also my family because of marriage slash estrangement to my bio family at this point I say enough is enough I've been texting my housemates and called a house meeting as soon as I got home My roommate who was kept awake started by saying I hate this man. I never want to see him again I am politely asking that you do not let him back in the house at all Then my next roommate said something very similar as did I my wife asked if we all feel this way I said everyone you have introduced them to feels this way everyone Realizing how badly the weekend had gone for everyone else and that brunch hadn't gone as well as she thought My wife was taken aback as many people here on reddit said both of my roommates said the boyfriend terrifies them that he acts like a serial killer and that they're concerned for her safety my wife then said yeah that's what i like about him okay that is that is meant that is wow how do you even reply to that we went around stating what he had done to make us uncomfortable and my wife started to shut down she didn't try to defend him she didn't say anything she stopped responding until finally one of our roommates asked if she had anything to say she didn't try to defend him she didn't say anything she stopped responding until finally one of our roommates asked if she had anything to say she said she wished we had told her this sooner because she had just said i love you to him earlier that day which was news to me she asked why nobody had told her sooner and the answer was that he was attached to her hip for two days and he looks over her shoulder to read all her phone messages after a lot of discussion my wife agreed that she would not bring her boyfriend around if anyone was at the house She said that probably means he won't come back to the house at all She also said she wouldn't ask anyone to leave so he could come over and that he wasn't invited to parties Except that she'd already invited him to an upcoming party at our house next weekend And she wasn't strong enough to uninvite him But also that she is afraid everyone at the party will hate him and be made uncomfortable Your wife has no backbone Moreover, she told me that she's going to continue seeing him Now while I understand this, it also made me a little sad Two weeks ago, she'd said that if I ever hated one of her partners, then she and that person could not be compatible. At this point, her best friends, her husband, and her parents were saying that they never want to see this man again and that they're afraid for her safety. And she no longer seemed bothered. I don't know what is going to happen next. I'm sincerely hoping he does not come to the party next week. And my roommates and my mother-in-law have each individually shared that they're afraid he is going to try to kill either my wife or me now yeah i mean sometimes okay 
<laughs> Normally, right, when I start these like little commentaries at the end, I, I think a little bit about what I'm gonna say before I, I press record, right? Now with this one, I haven't done that because I just wanna convey my raw reaction, like with the, without a second of thinking, just immediately after reading this. And this is the fact that I, I'm actually completely befuddled uh, by what I've just read and pretty much speechless for maybe the first time in my life. You have someone that everyone has said acts like a serial killer, but then you're saying, you know what, that's why I like him. Now, that's, that's tough. It really is tough to hear if you're OP. What I genuinely would say to OP, if you're watching, mate, I know we go a long way back and um, we're both not, I'm not going to take the neck out of polyamory. Sorry, I won't do that. What I will say to you, OP, is, uh, and I'm leaving that in, by the way. Do you really want to be with somebody who, who, like, who acts like this and says, oh, why didn't you guys tell me earlier? Like, are you stupid? She must be stupid. It's so obvious. I mean, maybe, unless she was just completely transfixed by this guy. I don't know. If someone is hated that much by literally every person you know in your life, that should be obvious. But unless you are an ostrich and your head is in the sand, run that back. That's what I say. Come on, man. We're not living in the, the you know, dark age anymore. Get your head out the sand. Are you an ostrich? That is my question. Can I say, actually, if any of you get that reference, then you have surprised me. It's a weird one. It really is. I just think from your perspective, OP, you have to make that decision yourself now. Do you want to be with your wife if she is the sort of person that is going to continue seeing someone that literally everyone in the world hates and that may well be a serial killer? I don't know. That decision is up to you. As for the story, wow. I am at a loss as to what to do with my wife's request. My wife and I have been married since 2001 and been together since 1999. She is the most intelligent, thoughtful, caring, loyal person I know, and I've always thought of myself as fortunate to have met and married her. She is, even today, aesthetically beautiful, and men have told her this throughout our marriage. She's always shot them down. Now, earlier this year, she was diagnosed with uterine cancer, stage one, and had a full hysterectomy. I was never concerned about the cancer. It was diagnosed early, dealt with quickly, and she made a full recovery. I took time off work to look after her after the surgery and all seemed well. There were some to be expected emotional instances on her parts. And although I am not an emotional person, we dealt with them together. After her recovery, she was insistent that we start living life to the fullest and took a 10-day trip to Europe followed by a trip to Belize. We also have a trip to the UK and Spain and Portugal later this year. Now I'm fine with these things, building memories and crossing bucket list adventures off of her and our list. I also understand that these are a result of feeling fragile on her parts. She also took up yoga, swimming and healthy cooking classes. I was fully on board until last week. Last week, she came home from work and told me she wanted a hall pass, a one-time opportunity for her to have sex with someone else besides me. She said that since her cancer diagnosis, her outlook on life has changed and she doesn't want to be handcuffed from doing things she wants to do. She explained that there's a guy at her work that she's always had some attraction to. He is leaving the company and she'll never see him again. So this is the perfect opportunity to sleep with someone else. She said that I could say no, of course, but that she would be mad and disappointed at me for an indeterminate amount of time and that it would be confirmation of my male toxicity and insecurity. I don't consider myself to be toxic and if not wanting your wife of 20 plus years to have sex with someone else is insecure, then guess I'm insecure. I told her that I appreciated her talking to me about this, but approval via coercion is not approval. I also said that I do not appreciate her language in describing my, as of yet, unknown reaction to this very large issue that could affect the rest of our marriage 
and life. I got up in the morning and she basically said that she was sorry for putting such a large decision solely on my shoulders and that to help, she was taking the decision away from me. She booked a hotel near where her co-workers are having a party slash send off for this guy and she would spend the night there with him and hope that I would be here when she got back. That she would answer any questions I have about the night after it happened, but not before. She would not tell me who he is or anything about him because she knows me too well and that I will dwell and obsess over him and that would make it too real for me, which is pretty accurate. Her POV is that the less I know, the better, which contradicts the offer to tell me anything I want to know after it happened. I think she knows I won't want to know or ask anything, or she simply just won't tell me. Part of me thinks at least she's been honest with me, and she's been through a lot since finding out she had cancer, so maybe I should just let it happen. I certainly have no concept of what she went through, so I cannot dismiss how this affected her mental state or outlook on life. Part of me wants to put my foot down and say this is not going to happen and deal with those consequences when they happen. Her BFF called me callous for even suggesting that I wouldn't let it happen because I have no idea what she went through. I find it hard to believe that she is okay with the possibility of throwing away 20 plus years of marriage over some guy that she's had no relationship with outside of work and that I should just call her bluff. Maybe she thinks similarly that I won't throw away the marriage because of one encounter. I just don't know what to do. I empathize with her and then an instant later, I'm angry with her. Part of me wants to know who this guy is. What does he look like? What has he got that is so enthralling for her? Is he just a safe option? Is he married? Does his wife know? Would I be a callous jerk for saying no? What can I do besides walking away? Okay, now... Where do we even begin? Now, of course, this is best of Redditor updates, so we're going to get a lot more content here. But off the rip, I've got to say, what a load of absolute rubbish. I know multiple people, you know, multiple couples in which one of them has gone through cancer and they survive. And they don't just then go, you know what? Yeah, I've survived this. I'm not going to go around shagging like, you know, like a legend. They just don't do that. It's very abnormal. Now, the whole part about, about your wife ticking things off your and her collective bucket list is great you know traveling making her realize and making you guys realize that life is short it can end at any moment it's good to do things you want to do whilst you have the chance to do them completely fine until you get to having sex with one of your co-workers forcing your husband to be okay with it that's probably a little bit too far at that point i think how about just end the marriage and move on with your life it's just very very strange what, what I love the most, and by love I mean just c- cannot get at all, is her saying, no, you have to let me do this because, by the way, I had cancer and therefore you have to let me cheat on you. It's on you. Like, her saying, you know what, I'm just going to take the decision out of your hands. Don't worry. Don't worry. I'll, I'll just take the decision out of your hands. Don't worry about me. It's so great. I love it. Nonetheless, let's carry on and, and, and let's get into this comment which was posted on the original, which I think is really, really good. Kind of think this is the way your marriage will be from now on. With her epiphany, she wants to relive her life and she's going to do it regardless of your feelings. I think she's being rather selfish and probably only threatens this because she thinks you are beaten down and will simply put up with it. Perhaps not the best time for trips and frills. She wants a single life. Let her see what that means. I agree. I feel like, you know, obviously it's very, very tough for you. And I completely understand what you're going through in the sense that you say that one second, you're like, no way am I ever going to let her do this. I'm going to call her bluff, go and do it. She won't. And then the, the next you're like, oh, well, I do love her so much. And she did also have cancer. 
that's going to be very mentally taxing. Oh, by the way, I'm not for one second saying that I know what that's like or how it feels or I can empathize with that in any way. I obviously can't. But I agree with this commenter. It gets to a stage where you've got to just say to her, yeah, obviously you're not allowed to do this. I don't care. And also, what's your best friend saying about you can't not let her do this? She had cancer. Again, terrible friend. Sorry, very obvious. You just have to, you have to call her bluff. You have to just say, you know what? This is going to hurt me, but go and do it. And if you do it, that's the end. It is weird though. 20 plus years of marriage and that, wow. Now, OP has actually replied to a couple of comments from the original saying this. She thinks because she'll never see this guy again and that I've never met him, supposedly, that it won't really affect me or our marriage in the long term. I'm left with accepting it and never viewing her the same way again or going through a divorce at 54. Not really great options on either front. That is a very fair point. I don't know where her head is and the bout with cancer is affecting her in ways that I couldn't possibly imagine. I don't think she believes I will leave. There we go. I mean, you've pretty much said exactly what I think there. You have to test that though. If she doesn't think that you'll leave, you have to actually leave and then see what her reaction is. Because then if she goes and does this thing anyway, you know that sadly, very, very sad and painfully, though it may be, it was the right decision for you to do that because otherwise you'd just be a massive cuck. Uh, and secondly, you have to test her. You just have to because she can't just get away with stuff like this for the rest of your life together because even if you do stay together, you'll just be miserable. So unfortunately, that is the only thing you can really do. Now, let's get in to the update that was posted just a few days later. I received a ton of advice that I couldn't possibly respond to. I do appreciate the people who took time to offer advice in the comments all via PM. It's been an exhausting couple of days. I was hoping that my opposition to her plans would give her pause, but unfortunately that did not happen. I said I am a hard no, and I'm not sure how I will feel about you if you go ahead with it. I was met once again with, this is for me, it will be one time, what can I say to help you deal with it? You'll get over it. We were meant to be regardless of the situation. Remarks leading up to Saturday. Some of the most selfish words there that I've ever heard. Despite the fact that this woman went through cancer. At this point, I honestly don't really care. That's insane. So she left on Saturday ostensibly to meet her co-workers. But in reality, to screw the guy. I asked her to text me when she was leaving for the bar, and when she did, I asked her if she was really going to go through with this. After her response was this, I'm not answering any more questions tonight, I will see you tomorrow, I blocked my wife. Then, I did something either stupid or brilliant. I went to the bar where the get-together was happening. You know what, I love this. Well, not the bar, but a transit bench across the street. I waited for a long time. It was running through my mind leading up to this event that I need to know who this guy was. Maybe to compare myself against him. To see what he had that I do not. It was driving me crazy not knowing who he was and what was so special about him that she would ruin a marriage for. After what seemed like an eternity, a woman that I recognized from my wife's office left the bar and got in a cap. Soon, other people started filing out and a whole group came out and people were hugging a man and shaking his hand. I assumed that I had my guy. I didn't see my wife and I had a brief thought that maybe she had called it off. I unblocked her, but there were no messages. Everyone said their goodbyes and left. The dude was standing outside for a few minutes and then my wife came out. She looked around, took his hand and they started walking away together. Of all the emotions I went through, trepidation, sadness, anger, it was disgust that really encapsulated the event for me. This guy was short, fat and bald all the things i cannot compete with 
Ultimately, I felt like a pervert for watching from a distance. I followed until they got to the hotel and then turned around and went home. I woke up Sunday morning and put a lock on the master bedroom door. I moved her things to the spare room and left a note asking her to find another accommodation as quickly as possible. I visited another friend who's a lawyer and he gave me some sage advice and a couple of recommendations for divorce attorneys and made the introductions. My wife has been calling me numerous times since around 11 or so. Once blocked, the calls go to voicemail. I listened to the first couple but felt nothing but some satisfaction when she couldn't get through to me and she was obviously becoming concerned. I didn't want to go home, but I left in such a hurry that I didn't plan overnight properly. I got home around nine and as per my buddy's advice, I recorded the interaction. I was halfway up the stairs when she came up from the family room asking what was going on. Could we talk? I thought we talked about this. I just answered with I am not interested in discussing this tonight and went to bed after not getting a response from me through the door She left me alone. I feel kind of like a child for not talking with her and shutting the door on her But I just couldn't look at her monday. I got up and ready for work She was waiting for me and asked if we could discuss getting back to normal I said you've been doing all the talking for the both of us for the last week Why don't you just continue? And I left for work. I have an appointment with the attorneys that my friend recommended for this week. And there we go, guys. That is the end of that one. I I don't really know quite what to make about this story because I feel like we've just encountered one of the most stupid women of all time. She is surprised when her husband of 20 years is annoyed at her because she cheated on him. Not just with anyone, but with a a short, fat, bald man. I mean, does it get any worse? I'm all for short kings and bald kings and also fat kings what a trifecta that is listen if you're short bald and fat get in the comments down below are you this bloke i want to know now one thing i will say before getting myself in trouble is that there is another comment here that i want to highlight because i think it's a very good comment that kind of in all seriousness encapsulates my thoughts here it is i can only hope that you've decided to do what's best for you at the end of the day you're the one that has to live with your decisions from the previous post it's obvious that your wife and i use that term merely as a placeholder has made her decision i know that having something that has been such a huge part of your life end can be daunting but sometimes it's for the best and yeah i think this time it absolutely is for the best you clearly made the right decision your wife's dumb and she's also unfaithful what a terrible terribly potent combination good stuff op right now our final story from this episode is actually one chosen by one of you guys one of you added me on twitter saying do you remember that face tattoo story that i narrated about six months 12 months ago and i said you know what i do and then they said there's actually been an update to that post if you don't remember the original i will link it down below it's probably on screen right now as well the thumbnail or behind the eye button pretty much this woman gets a face tattoo and then wonders why her fiance is annoyed at her like she doesn't even tell him she just does it and then it's like oh what don't you like it he's like no to be honest it's quite a silly story but one of you told me on twitter that there's been an update and there has just a week ago we got this update so here we go about nine months ago my ex-fiance kim got a face tattoo without telling anyone this was just the start of her doing everything she could to ruin her life She broke up with me and called off our seven-year relationship when I questioned why she did this. She worked in a client-facing job for an incredibly large financial institution and was let go within a month of showing back up for work after getting the tattoo. I kept in contact with Kim's sister, hoping for some news. They tried to get her help as they thought she was having some kind of psychotic break. However, she eventually called the police on her own family, claiming they were harassing her. 
After that, I decided to just walk away. Now, Kim didn't just destroy her own life. When she broke up with me, I felt numb. I knew this wasn't Kim doing this. I wanted to believe deep down that Kim was always like this. Always this impulsive crazy who would ruin her life by getting a face tattoo. I tried to convince myself that I'd not lost the wonderful woman who I'd spent seven years of my life with. However, clearly the person who made these choices was not Kim. The woman who told me over the phone she hated my guts for not supporting her. The woman who wrote she hated me and only ever stayed with me out of pity. That was not the woman I asked to marry. That was not Kim. That was someone who I came to find out was having a mental breakdown. That resulted in months of bad decisions that will affect the rest of her life. The day I walked away and told her sister I could not deal with it anymore was the worst day of my life. It hit me like a train. The numbness and denial of what I lost hit me all at once. I almost quit my own job and moved back home to my parents. I can only thank my boss for being so understanding that she let me take four weeks off to deal with what happened. She and the rest of my team went far beyond what should ever be expected of co-workers and management that it makes me realize how close I was to leaving a job I actually enjoy. I never moved on from Kim, but I came to accept what had happened. I thought I was okay until two weeks ago. I got a call from Kim. She'd blocked my number and done everything she could to remove me from her life. My mind just blanked when I saw it was her calling. I picked up and it was actually her. We didn't talk. I didn't know what to say to her. We decided she'd come over to my place and then we talked. The tattoo is still there, but she's covering it up now with makeup. She says when she has the funds, she's going to look into getting it removed if possible. She's lost a lot of weight since I last saw her. She's not been able to find a new job. She'll probably need to move to a new city for that. She wasn't the Kim I'd fallen in love with. She was like a shell of herself. Something just wasn't there anymore that used to be. Kim told me what had happened. The year leading up to the tattoo was awful for her. The stress of everything seemed to pile up more and more. I respect her and keep much of what she told me secret. However, the thing that's important is that she secretly started doing methamphetamines to keep up her performance at work and to deal with everything. And one day, she just out of nowhere decided she hated everything about her life. She explained why at the time she wanted the tattoo. It doesn't really make much sense, but a lot of what she was thinking at the time didn't. And from there, she just lost control of everything. I won't talk about what happened after she disappeared, but it's not pretty. These are things that she did that will follow her for the rest of her life. It explained a lot, but it didn't make things any better. We talked for nearly the entire night. She didn't leave my place until almost 4 a.m. Since then, she said that she wants to try and get back together with me. She admitted she knows things cannot be the same, yet she wants to try. I haven't talked to anyone about what I'm about to say yet. I've held off on talking to Kim about it because it feels selfish. But there's something about the way Kim acts, about the way it affected my life, that irks me. When we talked that night, she said that I was lucky she cut me off. I was lucky I didn't get put through any of this. I was lucky that my crazy ex wasn't at my door screaming or showing up to my work and causing a scene. She acts like my life wasn't affected at all. I told her what happened after she left, how much it hurt, how I almost quit my job and moved across the country. Her response was dismissive. Like because I didn't go through with that, I don't get to complain. She acted like because I wasn't the one with a tattoo on her face, I don't get to act like it had long lasting effects on me. She didn't even apologize for the explicit and hateful note she left with my things 
when she returned them or for the phone call where she called me a manipulative selfish jerk who only wanted her for her body or even just for breaking up with me she knows she was wrong to do it but it's almost as if she's acting like because she had a breakdown i can't hold her accountable for what she did to me because it wasn't long lasting i texted her last night saying how hard it was for me when she left she ignored it entirely and tried to move on no acknowledgement at all i don't know why but it hurt me it hurt me so much I feel like I did back when all those emotions finally hit me after she left. I wish she'd just never come back into my life now. I wish I didn't know what happened. I wish I hadn't picked up the call because it hurts. But a part of me feels like I'm being selfish or complaining too much that I don't get to feel this way because I'm not the one who had the mental breakdown. And there we go. A pretty similar story to the first one, truth be told. Both stories have a man who's been so deeply saddened or i guess kind of even traumatized by their ex-wife now or wife or fiance's past doings or current doings you know what i mean but then even when that woman has come back into their life and you feel like both these men might just say uh you know what despite all the trauma i still love you i'm gonna get back with you we can get through this they both in my opinion make the correct decision and say you know what no i can't do this anymore what you did is truly ridiculous it hurt me so much and that's the end and to both men i have to commend them because I think they made the right decision and I know in that position how hard that decision would be to make. So fair play to these guys. Takes a lot of courage and bravery to do that. And um, yeah, I would just say put yourself in their position if you can for a moment and think about how hard this would actually be. Obviously, for someone like me or you looking at this objectively, you can think, okay, these women are just crazy and stupid. But if you actually love that person, then that is a totally different conundrum. But yeah, as I said, I think they made the right decision. What do you guys think? get in the comments down below. I think my friend's clumsy boyfriend is purposely hurting her. So I am a 26 year old woman and my friend Kay, who's also 26, has been dating Andrew, a 25 year old guy for almost a year now. Honestly, until these last months, I really liked them together and he has assimilated into our friend group really well. He's been easy to talk to and is someone who I thought could be the perfect match to Kay. In the beginning, Andrew was always known for being clumsy, occasionally spilling on himself, tripping, and sometimes just being an overall goof. We joked he was the poster child of a himbo. It started with a simple mistake, Andrew spilling wine on Kay's outfit. He seemed so apologetic and genuinely sorry. Then a couple of days later, out of pot luck, Andrew bumps into Kay while she was bringing out a salad bowl causing it to fall on her foot and giving her a pretty nasty bruise. Again, apologetic, but this time just rubbed me the wrong way. It seemed awkward the way he'd bumped into her. Then there were just more of these accidents, like ripping a dress when he was falling, trying to catch his balance, dropping a bowl of chocolate ice cream on her shoes, and spilling an ashtray that landed all over her hair. All of this just gave me a weird feeling, like why does it feel like his clumsiness is getting worse? Recently, we were having a movie night. Kay was sitting on the floor and I'd gotten up from the couch to get some more popcorn when I heard Andrew walking over with hot tea. I'm thinking, no way I'm gonna have her get piping hot tea spilled on her by accident. So I get up and say, oh, thanks for grabbing this. Do you mind grabbing me popcorn since you're closest? He kind of gets a defensive tone with me saying, yeah, but let me give this to Kay first. I said, no, it's, it's not a problem. I'll give it to her as sweetly as possible and took the mug out of his hands and gave it to Kay. 
he seemed kind of distant the whole rest of the evening I talked to one of my friends in our group just about the tea drama and she said that andrew might have been angry feeling like I was babying him I think that if he's been prone to hurting his girlfriend, wouldn't he want to avoid situations that could get her seriously hurt? Wouldn't you want a friend to help you? Am I just overthinking this? I want to talk to Kate about my concerns soon because I'm really scared for her. I just want to be wise in how I speak to her. I don't want her to take anything I say the wrong way. Any advice would be so helpful. Okay, so that was the original post posted on the 5th of August, 2023. In fact, the first update comes just a day later. But off the bat, Let me know in the comments, what do you think? Me, personally, something is definitely up here. I'm sorry, you don't do this sort of thing a number of times. Especially, what was the last example that OP gave? Spilling an ashtray that landed all over her hair. I mean, I don't know. Has that ever happened to anyone ever? Not that I can think of. It's just too many things happening that are accidents. But in reality, I mean, these things sort of don't happen. And yeah, it did seem kind of ominous when he was walking over with the tea. Now, at this stage, we're not sure. But as I said, let's get into the first update, which was posted just a day later. OP saying as a little edit before we get into this, that she's going to reach out to Kay and chat with her about all of this. Okay, so it's now August the 6th, the next day. Hi all. This evening, I got a text from Andrew. It seems my friend, who I'll be referring to as Sarah, had told him about the tea situation. He texted, Hey, just wanted to reach out and let you know that I wasn't angry with you. I played it cool and just replied, Hey, no problem, man. Just wanted to make sure all was good with you. He messaged me back that, lol, yeah, why wouldn't I be? I left it alone after that. I reached out to Sarah and asked her how the story was relayed to him. And she explained that it sort of came up in conversation. She had told him that I hadn't meant to baby him and hoped I didn't make him angry by taking away the teacup. Sarah is a fixer, and I think she just wanted any conflict between us to be resolved. While I know she was coming from a good place, I'm a bit frustrated to have my words twisted into what she believes happened. I messaged Kay, and we are still hanging out either early Monday or Tuesday. She seems to be fine with me. We had a quick call, but she seemed less talkative, which has me nervous. I really hope I didn't screw everything up. After a lot of comments, I've decided I'm going to be careful with my wording. A lot of you have pointed out Andrew could have a medical condition. Now, yes, while I'm a bit skeptical, I will keep this in mind. Hopefully my concerns can be addressed in a way that flows with our conversation. Thank you all for your feedback. Even if some was harsh and to all who have shared DV, I presume that's domestic violence stories. I'm so sorry you'd ever received any mistreatment. You deserve happiness and safety. I'll be posting an update as soon as we have our talk or anything changes. Yeah, it's a tough one in OP's spot. Obviously, you want to err on the side of caution because imagine you said, oh, it's probably just a few accidents and then something serious happened, you know, really serious. You can never forgive yourself. So I understand what OP is going through here and that she thinks she has to do something and I appreciate it, really. Better to be safe than sorry, is what I'm trying to say. Okay, now we're going to have a look at a few comments that OP left below this post, kind of in replies to other Redditors, which I think shed more light on the situation. So the first thing that OP said was, he's only being clumsy with her. In fact, I'd say it's become more focused on her. I mean, that right there is eye-opening. And I think that that is the reason why OP is so concerned, right? If Andrew was just being clumsy with everyone and in general, then perhaps you could say, yes, he's just a clumsy individual. Or you could go down the line of maybe he has a medical treatment or needs some sort of help. Because it's just focused on his girlfriend, 
That is concerning. OP continues, Sorry, it should have been more clear in my writing. Andrew's clumsiness, while apparent, was always self-inflicted, like a small spill or mostly tripping a bit over his feet. It's only been recently with his behavior that it's become more pointed towards K. Like, it's rarely been him being the injured or spilled on party. It's now only been K. Someone asked, does he do it when she's particularly proud of or happy in an outfit? I see maybe uh, hinting at jealousy there. Opie replies, the dress he ripped was one of her favorites and she had to go home early because it ripped in the cleavage area and she was more embarrassed. The ashtray being dumped on her hair was when she was wearing her hair natural curly when she mostly straightens it but she'll have her hair natural randomly and nothing happens also he totally ruined her white heels with the chocolate ice cream now it's at this point guys where op realizes that something might be up she's put two and two together and realized that there actually might be a pattern in andrea's behavior take a look at this comment on screen there's something i've been thinking about and writing it all down i just realized all the accidents have to do with her looks Spilling on her outfits, bumping into her when she's wearing a dress, chocolate ice cream on her shoes. Those were white heels. Yes, I know that's just speculation. Someone else said it could be a Munchausen by proxy situation, which is pretty much where someone pretends to be ill. Overall, just solidifies that I just need to talk to her, which I will be doing this week. There we go. What do we think? I mean, now that it's been put on paper like that, I kind of agree. It does seem to be all with her looks which we didn't know at first, but yeah, something is definitely going on here. There's no way that Andrew is just clumsy. OP continues. Also, her reaction to these accidents is always quick to try and move on. She is somewhat introverted and doesn't like attention, so she's just quick to say she's fine and move on from it. She'll tell Andrew that she forgives him and just to be careful. Now, people in the comments were saying that seems a little bit sinister, right? It seems like he's trying to see what he can get away with. And OP replies, that's what's been hard. I felt like I've been the only friend to notice. Like no one else seems to want to believe that Andrew's doing this on purpose because we've known him to be this clumsy guy. I mean, who wants to believe that someone's doing this on purpose? And then one final question. Does this happen in front of others or also with just the two of them? From what I understand, replies OP, he's always had these accidents in front of friends, not when it's just the two of them. And whenever it happens, he gets really apologetic and he's never laughed about it. But it just feels so weird. Like he's being so over the top. Like once he said, I would hate myself if I seriously hurt you. I don't know. That just came off so odd to me for his usual character who's typically a silly guy. Yeah, that is very weird. That is almost projecting or foreshadowing that you will seriously hurt her. And that, oh, I didn't mean to. And because I'm now saying it in the present that, oh, wouldn't it be such a shame if I did? It kind of is allowing it when it eventually does happen. Even though, let's be honest, it seems as though Andrew would do this on purpose. I don't know. I'm getting a weird picture of this guy. Right then, let's get into the next update from August the 8th, three days from the original post. Hi all. Sorry for the delay. A lot has gone on. So I talked to Kay this morning. I started off the conversation normal. When Kay says, hey, why were you concerned about Andrew bringing me tea? I just say, I'd noticed he'd been more clumsy lately and I wanted to avoid either of you getting hurt. She was quiet for a bit, then asked me, do you think it's odd how he's been acting? Now, considering all your Reddit's advice, I respond with, I care about you and want you to be safe. I don't want to hurt you or Andrew, but I do feel like most of the accidents have come at your expense. I don't want it to get to a point 
where you have a worse injury. This is when Kay bursts out crying like I've never seen. After composing herself enough to talk, she says she's been so suspicious of how these accidents have been centered around her and how validating it was to have someone feel the same way. It's been causing her a lot of anxiety and she felt so relieved when I took the teacup away from him. She's tried to suggest to Andrew that he should just go to a doctor, but he says he's perfectly fine. Now, Kay is not confrontational, so she just drops it. She said how recently Sarah, Andrew and her were all hanging out together. Sarah told Andrew I was so upset about how he was hesitant to hand me the teacup a completely different story from what Sarah told me Now i've been more open with my emotions in my post due to my anonymity But in person I was very casual about the situation I said something along the lines of hey, did you think I upset andrew by taking the tea when I asked him to get me popcorn? I hope I didn't come off rude then Kay told me something really disturbing how during this conversation Andrew and Sarah started joking about Kay being a battered wife. How ridiculous the idea would be if Andrew was really abusing her and some really dark jokes. This had Kay feeling like she was crazy to think that these accidents might be on purpose. Also, they said some things about me that made her so upset that she couldn't even tell me. Kay said she's felt trapped living with him and how he's intertwined in our group. She felt like she needed to wait to have proof that he was faking it to make it worth a bunch of drama I feel horrible that she's felt so alone in this. I was pretty blunt and I just asked do you still love him? She responded. I don't I think I don't even like him anymore So we talked about the best way for Kay to leave andrew being as safe as possible Kay called in sick to work and we went over to her house and talked with our friend leia her roommate Andrew was out at work, so we quickly moved all their things into Leia's room. She has a key to her door. Anything that was super sentimental to either of them, we packed in my car. Kay is going to stay at my house, and Leia wanted to stay with a family member who lives not too far away. Kay has written a letter to Andrew ending things. She's going full no contact. She set a date that she expects him to leave. He moved in with them, so he doesn't have his name on the lease. Our friends Mike and Corey will be staying at the house. This is to ensure that nothing will be damaged due to an accidents also to let kate and leia know when it's safe to come back thank you all so much for your advice tomorrow i plan to go on a little shopping spree with kay doing everything i can to alleviate her anxiety so far we know that andrew has seen the note and is packing to leave so so far so good and if anything happens i'll be sure to update you all and there we go that is it but before we end this one i've picked out some relevant comments which I think explain a little bit more about what's going on from the original post. And OP has replied, giving some clarity. So here's the first one. Someone asked, what on earth is up with Sarah? OP replied, this is what is so odd to me. I said Sarah was a fixer because she's always been the mum friend, wanting everyone to be safe and happy. I've never noticed anything between them, just normal banter that we all have with one another. I just don't know why she's going to bat for him so hard. We had a call where she was very mean to me, to put it mildly. She's very angry at me, like I was the one who caused all of this, as well as some very personal attacks. I think Andrew is telling her something because this isn't who I knew her to be at all. Or maybe she's always been like this, but has simply masked it. Another question is this. Did Kay ever tell you what Sarah said? I told Kay vaguely about what Sarah said on the phone call and asked if it was similar and she confirmed. Being as vague as possible, it has to do with my family's issues with addiction and situations happening due to that. I told our friends in confidence. 
knowing she's used that to weaponize it against me and has told andrew has made my skin crawl so how about other friends and their reactions to Kay and sarah well op replies that Kay is safe and we will do all we can to keep it that way all of our friends except sarah have been a huge help in Kay's healing during this time it's been amazing to be a part of and to witness we've all since blocked her her comments towards Kay and me have not been tolerated by our group Hopefully, this is the wake-up call she needs. And finally, a couple of Redditors had concerns about safety. You know, maybe Andrew comes back. OP even mentioned the fact that Andrew could try and get access to the house, cause another accident, once again, in inverted commas. So yeah, has OP, has K done anything to ensure their future safety? OP replies that, luckily, thanks to this, they've bought one of those camera detectors, waiting for it to arrive still. They have four months left on their lease and are considering moving, but nothing is set in stone. Andrew's already moved out and Mike and Corey had him hand over the key to the apartment, but we're still waiting till the locks are changed and the detectors arrived to help Kay and Leia move back in. So there we go. That really is it. Uh, what a story. You know, I really actually quite like this one. Obviously not what's going on here and it's a terrible situation to be in, but the moral and I think what it shows is pretty powerful. Just off the rip, at the start when oh you know a little accident here and there most people didn't even bat an eye even you know the majority of well pretty much everyone right apart from op who was good friends with k didn't even notice anything to really be awry but op big shout out just felt that something was off didn't really believe it didn't buy it as much as andrew was saying oh it's an accident just being clumsy i'm so sorry there were little undertones as we saw throughout of things that just weren't quite right i mean the main one that sticks out is saying oh if i ever seriously hurt you i don't want to do that it would be so terrible like who says that seriously who does fair play op for noticing the signs early on and not just for noticing them but for doing something about it because a lot of people would have thought oh this is a little bit dodgy but you know not my relationship but you're just being an unbelievable friend there and as you can see the outpouring of emotion when you finally said to Kay, when when someone finally noticed and said to her listen, I see what you're going through. You know, I can see it in my eyes. And she felt validated in that one moment. That is unbelievable from you right there. That is great friendship. That is what being a good friend is all about. So uh, yeah, OP, shout out to you for who knows, saving Kay perhaps from, from serious damage, emotional, and maybe even physical down the line. I mean, probably physical, let's be honest. Some of the stuff that, that Andrew and Sarah were saying at the end there crazy scenes and yeah letting her move on with her life and, and getting rid of this absolute toxic demon great story just shows that having a little bit of awareness and calling something out when you see it no matter how small can have such big ramifications in a good way on someone's life my boyfriend asked for a paternity test as soon as the results show he's the father i'm leaving him i'm a new mum to a baby boy who is my pride and joy and though it's been a roller coaster adjusting to taking care of a baby the past few months have been great tiring but great i have a boyfriend of three years who is the first person relationship wise that i've ever loved and i thought we were doing great as new parents but also as partners friday he came home and he asked me for a paternity test just like that completely out of the blue i was putting away the dishes and he asked for one like he was asking what was for dinner i'm a different race from him but our child apart from the skin tone is literally his mirror image from pictures i'd seen of him when he was a baby i was stunned when he asked and his reasons were that he had to be sure he was the father he had to have that certainty all i remember as he was speaking is just immediately feeling pain the man i love doesn't trust me he would actually believe that i would screw someone else cheat on him and then try to 
to pass off another man's baby as his i've never ever given him reason to think i would cheat on him i've tried to be transparent and communicated but it wasn't enough he told me he would give me time to think about this that he wouldn't go behind my back and do this test but for our relationship to move forward he needs to be 100 percent sure he repeated this because he in his words need you to realize how serious i am after thinking for a couple of days i'm going to allow him this paternity test because i have nothing to hide i never cheated and would have never cheated on him once it's proven that he's the father i'm ending it I'm leaving the same day and I'm going to try my best to be a cooperative co-parent with him. In the meantime, I'm coming up with my exit plan. A place to live and a lawyer to work out a custody arrangement and courts. I can't even tell my family or my friends right now because they would go nuclear and my first priority is our child. I hope the test was worth it to him. I'm not asking for advice or reassurance or to explain his side. I just, I'm just realizing this part of my life is now over. What a way to start the new year and what a way to start this episode But without further ado, the whole point of this subreddit is that we get to know what happens next So here is the first update three weeks later. We did the paternity test my boyfriend wanted It's been a couple of weeks since I posted and i've just been navigating things after i'm gonna call my boyfriend mason to keep things clear This is going to be long. Sorry. Don't be also why post this on reddit? I don't know guys. I don't know but to clarify a few things One, with different races, but to my knowledge, his family plus extended is more than okay with it. His mother actually set us up. I went to a dinner party and he and I were the only single people who had been invited and we hit it off. She admitted to trying to set us up for months. Two, we have had no issues with cheating or any situations where things could be sketchy during the years we've been together. We also haven't broken up or taken any breaks. Three, our son is his mirror image. My boyfriend confided to his cousin about the paternity test a couple of days after he asked me and the cousin told his wife and it spread like wildfire, especially in their family group chats. His mum put an end to the speculation though by doing a half and half pick of him and our son, but also adding some additional individual pics of both of them. She posted the pictures in the family group chat and said, look at the old pics I found of Mason. After people commented, she said, actually the one on the right is my grandchild or this one isn't Mason. Literally, the family members just thought that it was the same person in all of the pictures and that some of the photos were taken in darker lighting. That is how much our son looks like him, which I find funny, but also a little annoying. Like, I carried you for nine months, all for you to be a copy of your dad. I didn't see the group chat, but the topic died down when his mum did that. Anyway, we talked. When I'd made the first post, I was so angry and planned to leave, but the anger was quickly replaced by hurt once I calmed down. I realized if I blindsided him like that, I would be doing the exact same thing that he did to me when he asked for a paternity test. I planned to ask him to talk, but I also didn't want him to think that I was trying to get out of the test. So beforehand, I booked an appointment at two different paternity test locations. I asked him to talk when he came home and I made sure our child was at my mum's. I told him that whatever happened with this talk, the paternity test had been booked and would go forward. I basically asked him his reasoning and when he started having doubts about paternity. Was it a previous relationship? Did cheating happen? He said it was about a week before he asked me that he started having doubts. He said that he was on his lunch break one day just reading articles and he clicked on an old article about a man who found out his three kids weren't his after like 20 years. This led him into a rabbit hole of podcasters and YouTube videos that encourage men to ask for paternity tests. While he thought those podcasters were idiots, he said that paternity was an exception. He said his reasoning was that some women have done this before and he wanted to be sure. 
He said, you know it's yours because the baby comes out of you. But how do I know? This test gives me that assurance. I was hurt by that, but I decided to explain how I felt. I said that for him, it was a rational request. While for me, it was basically him saying that he didn't trust me. It was him saying that he believed I would cheat on him, get pregnant, have him emotionally, financially, and physically support me during the pregnancy and birth, and basically lie to him while he raised another man's child. I told him that I understand that women had done this before, but the fact that he thought I would do this to him is what bothered me. I told him the truth that when I was angry, I'd planned to leave and I even went looking into a lawyer, a co-parenting plan and a new place to live. He was stunned that I'd leave for something so small. I found that to be a weird kind of irony that he believed issuing an ultimatum about a paternity test and basically accusing your partner of cheating was something small. I told him I was really hurt by what he said, that I was still hurt, but that if he needs this peace of mind, that we would do it. He asked what about our relationship and I told him I didn't know. We did the test two days later, got the results back after three days. He opened both of them and to the surprise of no one, he is the dad. He was visibly relieved when he read the test and I don't know why that hurt more. It's been about two weeks from the results and I'm still really hurt. God, I sound so pathetic. I feel pathetic. I thought the results would maybe relieve some of that, but it didn't. It's like a switch clicked when he asked for the test and I can't find a way to click it off. I'm pretty sure that postpartum is playing a part in this because all I do is cry and I wasn't like this before. I've also moved into the spare room, something he was against, but I felt bad because apart from when our son is awake, I'm sad all the time. I'm looking for a therapist. I'm looking for a therapist. I don't know how people find therapists they like so quickly, by the way, and he wants to do couples therapy and is looking for one. He already has a few appointments booked just to try them out. He wants to move on, marriage, more kids in the future, and go back to where we were and thinks that our relationship is now stronger. While I'm just thinking, our relationship right now is weaker than a person on stills. I don't know if I would say we're together. The physical affection is gone. I'm not in the right mindset and I don't want him to touch me. We rarely talk about anything but the baby. It's awkward and I'm trying to find a way back to where we were and I can't see how. I'm going to try and fix this and try therapy, individual and couples. But I just have this feeling that this is basically a sinking ship. I hope I'm wrong. I want very much to be wrong. And now moving on to the final update that was posted just a couple of weeks ago. I left. Things have gone downhill and under advisement, I can't really discuss it until things have been settled in court. I guess I'm really a cautionary tale on what can go wrong. Please, if you have concerns with your partner, discuss things beforehand, especially before you have a child. Thank you again for your different perspectives, hoping to have everything settled eventually. And there we go, a truly horrible story all in all. I personally can't think of anything worse than being in OP's spot here. And by the way, all the time when you're saying you feel pathetic, you're so pathetic, you're definitely not. Like it's as simple as this, as you said it yourself. The trust that you have with your partner who you're about to have a kid with or have just had a kid with is completely gone. That's not pathetic. That is literally what the entire relationship is about. And also, if he doesn't understand why that's such a big deal to ask for a paternity test, then is he really someone that you want to be with anyway? That's such an obvious thing. And look, even if he really does want to get a paternity test for whatever reason, he has to understand why that's such a terrible thing to ask for, surely. It just goes against everything that a relationship would ever be, in my opinion. Ah sucks i will say though that from my perspective again i obviously don't know what's really going on the inner workings of the relationship how it is day to day but from what i've just read i think you've made the right decision i don't really know what you mean by things have gone downhill and you can't say about it because of a court case 
fair enough i hope you're safe and it wasn't you know too out of hand but yeah to me it does seem like it's a good thing that you left and that is just compounded to be fair by the final update okay moving on to our next post now this one was also posted on r slash true off my chest my sister is infertile and i'm glad I am a 28-year-old woman, and I have an older sister, Angela, who is 30, whom I've never liked. She always had to compete with me, but never in a normal sibling rivalry way. Our entire life, she always seemed resentful of my existence, as the spotlight couldn't perpetually shine on her, so she had to step on everything I enjoyed. Per se, if I learned piano, she had to learn piano. If I excelled at a subject, she suddenly became a scholar in it. If I told my mum I had a crush, Angela would be dating that boy in a week. I'd always tell my parents when she did this, but I was disregarded because sisters copy each other and I can't gatekeep what she likes. She always monitored what activities I did and the clothes I wore so she could outdo me. If I wore a flannel, Angela would come to school wearing an all flannel dress. It was 2010 and that was peak fashion in our school. There was also more praise that followed Angela. Even if I took the initiative to begin the activity first, she was praised because she was better. My parents would miss work to attend her dance recitals, going to every single one because the world would stop if they missed it. However, I remember maybe two of mine they attended because they were stuck at work or were otherwise preoccupied. Angela reveled in this. She'd make comments under her breath around our parents. Whenever our parents weren't around, she'd tell me how much she hated me and how I should stop trying because I'd always come second to her. She also physically bullied me in school. Angela purposely tripped me, threw things at me, and hit me in the hallways on a nearly daily basis. The school had gotten involved multiple times, threatening Angela with suspension, and my parents fought it every time. My parents repeatedly told administration that this was a family matter and we were just bickering like normal sisters. She was never once, though, reprimanded by either parent. Once, Angela was caught impaling a cat on the school fence, and my parents still defended her saying this was normal teenage behavior. Oh my God. I often was the one in trouble as Angela would start crying, saying how she was being targeted by the school when I had antagonized her. After one of these occasions, Angela cut and bruised herself to prove to dad that I was the aggressor. Wow, that is so manipulative. I became a pariah due to Angela's malicious rumors about me, so it was difficult for me to make friends. I resorted to only befriending people from other districts. Angela eventually made sure I had nobody by stalking them, befriending them, telling all my friends lies about how I was favored by our parents, and I constantly bullied and belittled her. She even stole boyfriends of mine doing this, convincing them I was horribly mean and an awful person that copied her every move. Once, she catfished me on MySpace for four months and baited me into sending her nudes, which she proceeded to send to my parents and everyone in school, including teachers. What? This woman is mental. Later on, she told one of the boys I liked that those were actually her pictures and that I had catfished her. I can't actually quite believe what I'm reading. This is one of the most disgusting people I think I've ever come across, ever. Let's carry on. The day of my high school graduation, my mum sat me down and told me Angela revealed the horrid abuse she'd suffered at my hands and that I was no longer welcome in their home. After moving out the next day, my parents made very few attempts to communicate with me, only the occasional holiday and birthday text. All financial aid was also abruptly ended as soon as I stepped foot on campus. I met my now husband shortly after this and we were married within a year. They did not feel inclined to attend my wedding or even congratulate me. I informed my parents when I had my first child eight years ago as an opening, but they've made no attempt to contact 
or me any of my now three children best i know of angela now from what i've heard is that she got married to one of the boyfriends she stole from me in high school and she's been posting about her infertility issues and how she can't offer my parents their first grandbaby after years of silence i received a text at eight this morning from my mother that i will copy and paste below hey op it's me your mama we haven't talked in a while and i surely miss you terribly i wanted to let you know that your sister just had a miscarriage earlier this week angie and justin are struggling a lot right now send something a little sweet her way i'm sure she'd appreciate it get back to me i love you i hate to say it but i'm glad she's suffering i'm glad she doesn't get to be a mother if she tormented me for years what would she do to a child especially a girl i don't wish death on any baby but i know in my heart that child would be damaged by her I'm angry at my parents expecting me to have any sense of obligation to her. I don't even have any sense of obligation to them. They always believed her and dismissed me. I was always the problem child. And it's strange how my mother can be so warm to me when asking me to do something for my sister. Also, the fact they cared more about my sister's now dead fetus than my actual children who wonder why they've only got one set of grandparents. I feel some sort of guilt for it, but I refuse to offer any condolences to my destructive, narcissistic sister who's been justified in her bad behavior since birth. Maybe this will change her, help her develop empathy or any type of emotion that isn't hate or vindictiveness. If that happens, I would be more than willing to offer support. But until then, I feel nothing but a small inkling of happiness that she's hurt. Am I awful for this? My gosh, I mean, guys, update, of course, incoming. But first of all, I need to answer that question. And the resounding answer is quite an obvious no. Like, again, as I said during that, this girl, your sister, is one of the most malicious people that I've ever come across in any of these posts ever. Like, I genuinely do mean that. And I know that sounds a little bit hyperbolic. And I do say that sort of thing quite often. This time, I mean it. Like, there's levels to this. And this is just demonic honestly it's like devil-like it's satan personified it's unbelievable it really is i'm so so sorry i have to deal with this so then nonetheless um what's gonna happen now i've got no idea let's get into the update that was posted a few days later in the comments hey i'm back with an update i wanted to thank all of you guys sincerely for the comments awards and personal messages i've received i feel very emotional knowing that my account of my childhood is finally being believed and met with warmth and support. It's been hard for me to talk about, as many believe I'm being disingenuous or overdramatic. It's hard to believe, so I get it. So really, thank you all from the bottom of my heart. I decided not to respond to my mother. I blocked both of my parents, and I thought it would end there. But when does it ever? Wednesday morning, my messenger was being flooded with texts from my parents' siblings. Most of the messages consisted of me being told I need to answer my mother's calls and how callous I was being. I proceeded to block all of them as well. My cousin heard this from her younger sister, who was subject to being around my parents and Angela for family dinners. My mother and her siblings all live within a couple of blocks from each other and eat together most nights. I'm very sorry to hear that. All right, so here is a transcript of some of the things that OP's cousin's younger sister heard the family saying about OP. And Aunt Kathy is OP's mum in this. Angela kept calling OP an abusive ingrate because she wouldn't talk to Aunt Kathy. Aunt Kathy said they needed to start inviting OP to family stuff so she comes around to being a surrogate. You know, guys, I was wondering when that word was going to be mentioned. It got weird real quick because Angela said she wants to use my husband's sperm so her kid is tall and has blue eyes. Then Kathy, OP's mom, was saying how they just need to be around her for like a year 
then they can cut her off again or whatever. Angela kept saying that OP is the only way she can have kids because she doesn't want to raise someone's trash baby. Now, reading those messages made me want to hurl. Do they think that my uterus is some fish hatchery that can be bought with some kind words and casserole? It's nice to know Angela is too much of a narcissistic butt to adopt though. I am officially done with every single one of them. If they try to come around me, I will get a restraining order before they can even darken my doorstep. Between the weak conspiracy they come up with to try and use me like a baby bargain bin and the nasty words they continue to speak about me, I will no longer claim to have a family outside of the one I've created. I'm sorry if this is difficult to read, but reading that again just got me so worked up. But you guys got the update you asked for, so that's the silver lining, I guess. Anyway, thank you guys again. And there we have it. <sighs> again, like, much like the first story there, guys. <sighs> What is this? Those are two of like, the deepest, darkest stories I've ever read. An entire family just against both people, both posters. It just sucks to see. It's this weird, like, they're the nice people. It doesn't even matter that they're the ones reading it or writing it and that it's coming from their perspective. Obviously, you would say that's a little bit biased, but it doesn't even matter because it's so clear from the way they're talking the events they describe that those things have happened to them and that they are the nice people and they're just being picked on by their horrible family members it's crazy that this exists but yeah back-to-back -back stories of just super tough situations but good outcomes with that one 100 keep doing what you're doing block those let's keep it light and keep it pg but you know what i mean i will say one final point though guys that op you better get that restraining order pretty quickly because i think that this is going to escalate if you're not careful with the rest of that psycho family they're getting your parents siblings on board Who's next? You know, the parents, dogs, some other family members like psycho granny. Who knows? Maybe even a newborn. Not going to come from your sister. That's for sure. Now, is that is that nice? I don't think that's a very nice thing to say, but based on what I've just read, that's a joke that I think I can just about get away with. Love a bit of dark humor. And there it is. Anyway, guys, that's going to do it for this one. I'm going to leave that joke in just because, you know, why not? My boyfriend doesn't want to marry me because I'm an immigrant. I am a 29 year old woman and I moved to the US seven years ago as a grad school student from Indonesia. I met my boyfriend who is 30 a few months after I moved and we've been together ever since. My boyfriend is a US citizen. After I graduated, we had a serious discussion about where our relationship was headed. I made it very clear that I wanted to eventually get married and have children. My boyfriend echoed the sentiments. I remember asking him if he saw that happening with me because I didn't want to be in a relationship with no future. He told me he loved me and that we were definitely headed in that direction. As of last week, we've been dating for seven years. We've occasionally talked about marriage, but we were both busy with our respective careers. So the timing didn't seem quite right. However, recently, my company announced that there's a chance that my department's work will be outsourced. I'm on an H-1B visa, a temporary worker. So this means that I need to start looking for a job ASAP if I want to continue staying in the US. Last week, during our anniversary, I brought this up. I asked him if he thought it was the right time to think about getting married, as that will also help with sorting out my visa issues. He looked like he was about to vomit. After much prodding, he confessed that he wasn't planning on us getting married before I was able to get a green card, become a permanent resident in the US. I was incredibly confused as he'd never mentioned this before. His reason was that he didn't want to be used as a visa mule. Those were his words, not mine, by me. And that he wanted to make sure that I married him because I loved him and not because it was a ticket to getting to stay in the US, which can only happen when I get a green card. It took me a while to process what he said. And I asked him if he'd be okay to move to Indonesia with me, which he wasn't. 
I did not react well and I ended up leaving as I couldn't deal with what had just happened. I'm still in disbelief. I started dating him because he was the kindest, most thoughtful and generous man I'd met. I now feel like I've wasted seven years. While the visa issues are certainly a problem, I did not date him with the intention of making him my safety net. I cannot believe that even after nearly a decade together, he doesn't know what kind of person I am. I feel like this relationship is possibly over and it hurts. It hurts so much. Well, there we go. Tough start to the episode, but let's get straight into the updates. I took a few days to collect myself and then reached out to him wanting to talk. He agreed. It turns out that he's been insecure about earning less than I did for a while. Apparently, his friends have been poking fun at our relationship, calling me the sugar mummy because I take care of most of the expenses. He never told me this until now. He apparently didn't feel like an equal because our pay differs so much. And he started feeling that I was only with him as a quick way to get a permanent residency here. I was speechless. I couldn't believe that his friends gaslighted him into doubting our relationship. I reminded him how he'd supported me when I was in grad school, like getting me groceries when I had little money to spare, allowing me to stay with him rent-free in my last year of grad school to help me minimize expenses so I didn't have to take out a loan, letting me use his car when I was attending interviews. I told him that he did that because he loved me and me taking on the majority of household expenses since I started working is my way of paying him back for all those things he did for me back then. He said that he gets what I'm saying, but also that he didn't expect me to start earning more than him straight off the bat. I asked if there was any chance he considered going to couples therapy, like some of you in the comments had suggested. And he declined as he didn't think he was being unreasonable. He said that he wanted to be the provider in the relationship and that he didn't feel like one in ours. So there's no going back from this unless I quit my job and found another that pays substantially less which isn't going to happen. Well, long story short, we broke up. His family is in disbelief. They were hoping that he'd propose soon. I've moved into an Airbnb for now. Also, a little bit of good news to end this update with. My company offered me a similar role in a different department. However, this is based out of France and there's a small decrease in pay. I've always dreamed about living in Europe and I've accepted this offer. I've signed the relocation agreement and I'll move there in the next 8 to 12 weeks. And there we go. What a start to this episode. Now, thankfully, we had the update in which OP has finally gotten rid of this crazy guy. It just, to me, screams of, I don't know, insecurity. The fact that your girlfriend earning more than you is that much of an issue to you just screams insecurity. It really does. And um, yeah, clearly there are some underlying issues going on with this guy that make it a great decision of you, OP, to break up with him. Very sad though, very weird. After seven years of being with someone and thinking you know them, they say, no, I feel like you're using me to get a green card. How does that make any sense? I don't really know what's going on here. I'm just pretty sure there are some deeper line things going on with this dude. That's unfortunately what I think. I mean, sorry, let's just think about this objectively. You're saying that you don't want your partner to make a lot of money then. Is that not just the most backwards thing I've ever heard in my life? Whoever I'm with, I want them to make as much money as they possibly can. As long as they're happy, of course. Why not? Since when was your partner making more money than you a bad thing? Yeah, insecurity once again. Now, our next best of Redditor update story comes from Am I the Jerk? Am I the Jerk for suing my girlfriend after she had my 1967 Impala project taken to the scrapyard? I'll try to keep this short. I had a 1967 Impala four-door that I bought in February 2019. A couple of months ago, I bought my first house that had a two and a half car garage. I moved the car in and started tearing it down for a complete restoration. 
I had the body in one bay and the chassis in another, plus the whole garage filled with parts. About two months ago, my girlfriend came to live with me during this whole crisis. This was originally posted on the 27th of May 2020, so during COVID. And the whole time, she has just hated that car. She wants to park in the garage, but I have two acres of land with a lot of nice places to park under shady trees. Or heck, even in the barn if it has to be inside. I tell her, tough luck. It's my house and it's not like I can just throw it back together real quick Anyways, I was out of town for a couple of days on a business trip for the small local company I work for when I got back my girlfriend was all smiles making me food all the time doing all the chores all of that I thought maybe she was just happy to have me home But then I realized I didn't see her car in its usual spot I asked her where she'd parked so I could make sure I mow that area and keep it clean And she said not to worry because she parked in the garage I asked how and she told me to go and check it out It turns out that while I was gone She hired some people to come over and move everything related to that car Including the drivetrain body and chassis and all parts and take it to the local dump or scrapyard I was absolutely dumbfounded I'd spent over eleven thousand dollars on that car including new parts services and of course the car itself I told her that I was going to be taking her to court for that and she brushed me off like I was being dramatic I told her that it's done between us and to pack her things and leave I admit I was really angry, but I did end up getting a lawyer and as I have all the receipts for all that money spent And I have her on my house as security cam footage letting the guys in and watching them take it all I think I can win her family and friends are absolutely blowing me up saying it's just a stupid old piece of junk And that she cannot pay back all that money I spent and that I should just let it go But i've been putting in all my time effort and money into that car for a year and a half now And god dang it if i'm not gonna get justice for what she did So am I the jerk? Well update incoming of course, but off the bat. No way you the jerk That's just your property and you've explicitly told your girlfriend don't touch it It's also on my land to just compound things and she has done Yeah, I mean you could say it's a little bit too much to sue her But ultimately if you're not going to be with her anymore And she's just like another random person and she did that and cost you eleven thousand dollars worth of stuff Then why not get your money back? I see no problem with it. First of all, a quick message from OP. Thank you all so much for the support and awards and everything. I'm glad I've some people on my side. I got a call from her mum about 20 minutes ago and she told me that I was ruining her daughter's life over a stupid car. I told her she ruined her own life. I've been gathering documentation and stuff and I'm about to head down to the police station and file a report as suggested by lots here. Once again, Thank you all. Okay, then let's get into the official update. Went to the police station last night, was told to come back in the morning. Just got back and filed an official report against her for grand larceny and grand theft auto. I showed them all the receipts I have for the car and the footage of her letting the guys come and take it, as well as the title for the vehicle in my name. They said they'll be in contact with all three parties. Me, my ex-girlfriend, and the junkyard guys soon. And they'll hopefully be able to recover some or all of the car. Just have to wait now. Now, the great news is, guys, that the story doesn't end there. Huge update. They found OP's goddamn car. The junkyard guys apparently were in the middle of hiding it when the police came to ask some questions. It was on a forklift, and they were going to put it on top of a pile of cars that was hidden behind more piles of cars. They said it was theirs and they had the title. Ah, okay. 
but obviously they didn't have the title for it. And since they matched the VIN on the chassis and body to the VIN on my title, it was obviously mine. I know at least one person there has been arrested. I think he was in the camera footage I talked about earlier, but I don't know if it was the boss or whomever or even his specific charge. They also told me they'd be looking into this specific junkyard for any other vehicles reported stolen. They said they haven't been able to get in contact with my ex just yet, but they're working on it. I'm just so glad they found my car. Luckily, I made quite an album of pictures detailing me tearing down the car, so I can use that to prove what parts they had were mine, so I can hopefully get most or all of it back. The police haven't let me take it back home yet, as they say it's evidence or something, so hopefully I can get it back eventually. Thank you all so much for the support and advice. She's gonna be all right. And there we go, a great ending to that story. It is good once in a while to actually get a positive ending to a post on Reddit. Because let me tell you guys, as you know, if you watch a lot of my content, it's few and far between. So yeah, I'm grateful. I really, really am. I will say at one point there, I was a little bit confused as to why the junkyard guys were getting in trouble. But the more I think about it, the more it's clear they've done wrong. First of all, they shouldn't have taken that car without the title. And they can't have had the title, right? because they didn't have it. It's OP's, not his girlfriend's. So I guess all they've done is just gone on the consent of your ex-girlfriend, which, I mean, I don't know much about, you know, getting rid of cars and stuff, but that can't be legal. And that may well have been why they were trying to hide the car, on top of the fact that they wanted, obviously, to use some of the parts and make money out of it themselves. And yeah, if someone's been arrested, clearly there's something fraudulent going on here. Um, Above my head, of course, but it could be one of those things I mentioned. Now, as for you, it's just great that the car is the car is safe and you get your baby back. I can't imagine anything worse. Yeah, $11,000 is a lot of money, but a project that you spent clearly months and months, maybe years on, just going like that and not getting it back, sure, you can get reimbursed the cash, but the car is the car. That's your pride and joy. So hopefully you're getting that back soon enough and that is really good to hear. And now for our final post of today's episode. I keep meeting my birth mum, but she doesn't know it's me. She had me when she was 14 and I, now a 24-year-old man, was given up for adoption. My parents told me about her growing up. I still have the letter that she wrote to me, telling my parents they could give it to me if they wanted. It's crazy reading it sometimes and knowing it was a literal child who wrote it, saying she's sorry she couldn't be my mummy, but she hopes I'm happy. She was open to having contact, but we moved for my dad's job when I was 11 and then it seemed impossible to find her. But luckily, I did. She's working at this small restaurant and I keep going, but she doesn't know it's me. We talk sometimes, and she seems like a nice lady. Sometimes when she says something like, do you want a refill, honey? Or uses another term like that, I wanna tell her. I don't know why it makes me nervous. We talk sometimes, and she seems really genuine. If it's not super busy, she's more open to talking about random stuff. I literally drive two hours to come and eat at this place just to see her. And it's like she now knows me already because I'm there once or twice a week for the past three months. So she always says hi with a big smile. But man, if only she knew. All right, they're now getting into the update, which let's be honest, we all want to see. Well, I did it. I told her. And yeah, it was pretty heavy. My heart was even beating fast. I kept trying to think of how to tell her. Many of the comments on my last post here mentioned writing her a letter, just how she wrote one for me. Originally, that was the plan, but for me, it felt like I needed to say it. Oh, really quickly, I want to say thanks to everyone for their love and support. Mostly to all the birth parents out there who shared their stories with me. That's what really helped push me to have the courage to confront her. It meant so much, so thanks. Everything happened the day before yesterday, by the way. 
I did wait for her to be done with her shifts and that was when they were closing the restaurant already and I waited in the parking lot. We said hi when she saw me first, but then I told her there was something serious that she needed to know. I first told her sorry for keeping it from her this long. She didn't react until I actually pulled out her letter. And she started bawling from there, like screaming and crying at the same time. I didn't even have to finish the whole I'm your son speech. She just saw it and knew. It was crazy. Next thing I know, she's hugging me instantly, but then she pulled back and asked if it's okay to hug me. Of course it is. And we're just there hugging and crying in the parking lot. It hit her hard though. Her legs gave out for a second. So I had to actually hold her up while she's still hugging me for a minute. What really got me was her saying to me, look how big you got. Also hearing her cry made me cry too. She went back to open the restaurant up. She wouldn't take no for an answer. We had a coffee, ate a slice of their pie inside and we talked. So much stuff we talked about. She told me the second time I came to the restaurant, she got a feeling, but for her, it was hard to believe it was me. So that feeling she had was pushed way down. She told me that for years after I was adopted, she'd see kids that would be my age and she used to think they were me. Then she'd be crying in public. It screwed with her mind a lot and made her depressed. So she didn't want to do the same when she saw me, getting her hopes up like that. She says I look so much like my biological dad when he was younger though. We talked about him too. They stayed in contact with each other in case I ever reached out to one of them so it would be easier to contact the other. I didn't have hope about finding my biological dad since he was never mentioned. So I'm glad they both planned for this future scenario. She told me about how they wanted to keep me, especially my biological dad. He didn't want me to be adopted, but he knew they had to because they were just kids. It took him a long time to get past it after I was born, she told me. That's why he didn't leave anything, because he didn't want to believe he might not see me again. We talked for hours, till almost 2 in the morning. They closed at 11. She just wanted to know everything about me. But her main thing was, am I happy? Were my parents good to me? Did I have a happy childhood? And I did. I told her, thank you for helping to give me this life. We both cried again. She cried the most. Everything was very emotional for her. Sometimes she'd look really happy, but then get sad again. After my 18th birthday, she was hoping I would find her. That's why she stayed in the same city. But since I didn't, she always thought maybe I resented her, wasn't told I was adopted, or maybe had decided it was better not to have her around. It made me feel bad for not telling her sooner. She told me it's not my fault, and I did right going at my own pace. Honestly, she's so sweet. The way she kept looking at me with the biggest smile, it made me emotional sometimes. It makes you think, how can someone who's been a total stranger your whole life look at you with so much love? It's wild. We learn so much about each other. She asked me if we could have dinner soon to keep talking. And if at some point in the future, if I'm interested, to come over to her house so I can meet her husband. That all sounded really great. We exchanged numbers. After I left, she sent a text telling me thank you for giving her this gift that she didn't know if it would ever come. My girlfriend came over and she hugged me while I cried. I wasn't sad, by the way. These were happy tears. Everything went better than I expected. There was still emotionally heavy stuff, but I'm still glad that we got to open up to each other. And there we go. Back to back positive stories for a change. And that one, wow. It was even tugging at my heartstrings. Like I feel a little tear in my eye. Very, very Great story. And now I want to know, did you end up meeting your biological father? My 10-year younger sister is trying to seduce my husband and I'm freaking out. I am a 30-year-old woman and my 20-year-old sister has started college in the city that my husband and I live in. He is 28. 
There's a housing shortage here and getting her own place may take two to three years sometimes. So she moved in with us. We live in a four bedroom apartment. She moved in last week in November. Everything was great at first. Later, I started noticing that she's very affectionate with my husband. When he works from home, she is home that day, making him sandwiches, coffee, etc. She never uses the shower in her room because it's too small. Instead, she uses the bigger one in the hall so she can walk around in a towel, sometimes going into the kitchen to make tea when my husband is tidying up after dinner. She just stands there in the towel, chit-chatting. It feels so weird and perverted, to be honest. I mean, she's my baby sister. I thought maybe I'm overreacting because I seem to be the only one noticing anything weird i have spoken to my mum about it but she says it's in my head because my husband loves me and my sister loves me and i'm just feeling insecure because i'm pregnant and have gained weight i'm having a difficult pregnancy so yesterday i took a day off and stayed in bed my husband was working from home my sister didn't know i was home she came home from the gym and she had brought lunch with her she called for my husband to join her and i heard her loudly saying i bet you wish you had a wife who took care of you like this I went to the kitchen and she was in her sport bra and very small tight shorts She was like, oh, I didn't know you were here and she took her lunch and went to her room I don't know what to do about the situation I've mentioned this once to her about her walking around in a towel But she laughed it off saying that I was imagining things because i'm insecure If I kicked her out, it would mean that she can't continue with her studies this year because my parents live five hours away I'm not worried about my husband But I think what she's doing is disrespectful and for it to continue one maybe two years is honestly exhausting What the heck is wrong with her? She used to be my baby girl All right, then straight on to the update. This was posted just a few days later. Since my mother and sister dismissed me, I talked to my husband. Thank you, Reddit, for suggesting that. He told me that he has noticed my sister acting weird around him. He was, however, very uncomfortable talking to me about it, since it was my idea that she should live with us. I might think that he's making things up to kick my sister out, for example. He said the days he's been working from home, she's been almost always home, walking around in her underwear or tiny gym wear. He asked her on a number of occasions to put some more clothes on. She laughed and asked if he's not used to being around confident women. She also always talked me down in front of him and commented things like my bad posture or my old age. Age, or I wonder if she'll be able to lose her baby weight. I was appalled. What the frick is wrong with my sister? I've never had problems with her and I always took care of her growing up. I decided that she must leave. I've been trying to find a place for her in the city and I know that one of my colleagues' grandmothers rents rooms for students. She lives near campus, so it would be perfect for her. I didn't want to break the news myself to her because by now I know what she would say, that I'm so jealous and threatened by her. So I asked my husband to talk to her. Apparently, she broke down crying, asking him if I put him up to this. He told her that this was his apartment as much as it's mine and he is not comfortable either having her around. He told her about the new arrangement that we've made, but if she didn't like it, she was welcome to find a place on her own or move back home. She's getting until the end of the month. Today, she was so angry with me. She told me that if my husband really loved me, I wouldn't have felt so threatened by her. She was also mad because now she'll have to pay rent and live in a smaller room. I don't know. I feel sorry for her, but I'm honestly shocked at how callous she is. When did this happen? Only yesterday, she was my baby who waits for me to come home on holidays to try my new clothes and makeup. Now she's shut in her room, only speaking to me to call me pathetic and insecure. I'm so miserable right now. All right, interesting story to start today's episode. First of all, the towel thing. Now I've got to say personally that I love walking around in my towels. 
was. And I'm not trying to get with any of my family or their partners, just to make that clear. However, that in context with all the other stuff that your younger sister is doing, you know, just clear flirtation. It's pretty obvious. Um, yeah, you did the right thing. Also, fair play to your husband for saying this because it must have been extremely uncomfortable to come between two sisters, but he did what he had to do and I rate him highly for that. My husband has been lying to me about our finances and we are screwed. The title is basically the story. I am also to blame for this. I realized that. We divided household responsibilities pretty evenly, but we don't split every responsibility down the middle. And finances were his job. He's better at them. I thought he was better at them. We are $50,000 in credit card debts. I did not know about this. $50,000 on a home equity loan. I did know about this. Two months behind on our mortgage and severely behind on our car payments. I quit my job when we decided to have my middle child three years ago. Then we had our youngest a year ago. I thought we were fine. We should have been fine. I don't understand what the frick happened or why he waited so long to tell me. I trusted him completely. I would never have believed this. I love him so much. By all accounts, we had an ideal marriage. Or we did. I thought we did. I have no idea how we can ever come back from this. It will take years to pay this off. I'm in school full time, but I need to drop out because we can obviously no longer afford childcare while I'm in class. That just sets us back even more because my earning potential is lower. The most screwed up part is that my dad did this exact same thing to my mum. It was awful to live through as a teenager. It was a serious contributor in being resistant to commitment or ever relying on anyone for anything. My husband obviously knew about this. It was my number one reservation when I was quitting my job. I can't believe I was so stupid. This is my worst fear coming true and I've got no idea what to do. And then we have a couple of quick edits from OP. I don't know why everyone is making up that my kids are in daycare full time, but they're not. I pay a babysitter while I take one class on campus. Our oldest is in public school and our younger two are home with me. I'm going to community college and 75% of my classes are online. The rest are at night. There is no daycare bill. It's literally a $300 per month expense and it should have worked. We're not living large here. I cook everything from scratch. We don't get takeout. I cloth diaper. I buy the kids clothes secondhand or get hand-me-downs. Our cars aren't new. Our mortgage is very reasonable. We cut all of the extras when I stopped working because my job would hardly have paid for daycare. There is no reason that his income should not have been enough. I don't know what he spent money on, but it clearly wasn't our bills. And then a final edit. My husband makes $140,000 per year. I was making 30 per year. We had no credit card debt when I quit my job. Our mortgage and home equity loan are 2000 per month. Our car payments combined are 500 per month. I know Reddit thinks that women asexually produce children and then force men to support them, but my husband enthusiastically wanted children as well and had an equal role in creating them. My salary would not have justified the cost of daycare. We both did the numbers a hundred different ways and it should have worked. It should still be working. I don't know what the frick he's spending money on or if this is even the extent of the issue, but I didn't just frivolously spend money like a freaking idiot. I bust my butt to keep our expenses low. The plan was that I would finish school and start working again by the time my middle was in kindergarten. So we would only have one child in daycare. It was a good plan. It would have worked. I don't know what happened and I'm terrified to find out. And then just 16 hours later, we get this update from OP in the comments of the original post. I'm going to post this here and I'll come back and respond individually later on, maybe tomorrow. When I posted this, I had literally just learned about how bad it was. I spent the day going through everything and talking to my husband. He's cheating on me. The woman has two kids and I guess he's been helping her with them. They could be his for all I know. He's currently vomiting and crying in the bathroom, so that's freaking great. 
I unfortunately have to stay married to him long enough to figure out the finances. I'm talking to a bankruptcy lawyer on Monday. Thank you everyone who made me feel a little less alone today. Wow, uh, that took a pretty quick turn for the worst. Sorry to hear that. That's such an empty apology. Uh, what do you even say to that? Like, gee, that is so disgusting. Um, what, what can you do in that situation? Nothing. Not gonna lie, as I was reading that first post, I was trying to work out what he might have been spending the money on behind your back. And that did cross my mind, but I thought, you know what, no. It can't be the case. He seems like a good man. Um, but no, unfortunately not. Yeah, sorry once again. Let's move on. Am I the butthole for telling my daughter she cannot marry a racist? Some background. My wife and I worked and lived in a somewhat larger city where my daughter was born. My wife got a job opportunity in one of her employer's field offices and it was too good to pass up. We moved to the boonies when my daughter, Amy, was a preteen and we've been here ever since. The people are nice, but we were quickly labeled as city folk, and so we never really integrated very well. Amy came back the summer between her freshman and sophomore year. She got a summer job, which is where she met her fiance, Dan. We've had him over to the house countless times since then, and he is polite, respectful, and he seems to truly love my daughter. He is a local, and his family have been locals for generations. We rarely met up with his parents, but they also seemed nice when we did. They dated long distance all through her college years. This past summer, they got engaged. His parents decided to throw an engagement party last weekend at their house. We'd never been there, and I was excited to see the home where he grew up and meet his extended family. The party was fine. We did our best to fit in. But like I mentioned, we were from the city and they poked fun a little bit. His dad gave a speech, and while it wasn't overtly racist, he mentioned how he was happy that his son found a nice white girl and was looking forward to white grandbabies. As the night progressed, they started to share a bit of family history so that we would know the proud lineage our family would now be a part of. Without going into too much detail, they're descended from members of a hate group. We decided to be polite and not say anything, but we didn't stay much longer. I let this stew for a few days until Amy returned home. She tells me that she was not aware of his family history, but it doesn't change her mind. I don't want her marrying into this family though, and I told her so. She says Dan doesn't wholly believe what his parents do, but I'm not convinced. You can't be raised to believe you're of a superior race and not have it become internalized to some degree. She assures me that they have a lifetime for her to point out all the ways his parents are wrong, but I'm worried that if they never leave his hometown, there'll be too much pushback from his family. I told her that I'm gonna be firm on this, that I don't want her marrying into that family. She called me a butthole and has been ignoring me ever since. I feel horrible, but this isn't what I'd hope for her. So is she right or am I being a butthole? Okay then, straight on to the update. Not long after I posted, Amy came to me to apologize. I was surprised because based on the responses I was getting, I was preparing to apologize to her. So just FYI, the people of Reddit on r slash butthole thought overall that OP was the butthole in this situation. Now I'm not sure if I agree with that to be honest. I think she was just concerned. But yeah, you probably shouldn't step in the way of your kid marrying someone else. I don't know. It's their decision ultimately. What do you think? Get in the comments. Anyway, let's carry on with the updates. Amy said that she lashed out because she was trying to reconcile her relationship as she knew it with the new information about who he was. I asked her if she really had no idea. And she said that, looking back, there were warning signs, but nothing that would lead her to believe that he was overtly racist. I guess being long distance and liking him so much allowed her to remain mostly ignorant. She wanted to know what she should do. I told her that I was going to talk to Dan and try to get a beat on who he is apart from his parents. She seemed to think that was a good idea. A lot of people said that I was being unfair labeling him a racist before. 
but now that we've spoken, I can tell you for certain that he is a racist. A lot of you were trying to figure out what Amy meant by him not being wholly racist, and I think I can answer that now. He told me that he doesn't harbor any hatred for anyone, but he believes the white race will go extinct eventually, and he's proud of who he is and of his race, and he doesn't want that to happen. Which I guess also explains his father's comments about white grandbabies. I told him that his heritage is nothing to be proud of, and that his beliefs will have no place in our family or in my household. He said that Amy seemed to understand him, and that I might not have a choice of whether or not his beliefs will be a part of my family. I said that he was right. If Amy wants to move forward with the wedding, then there is nothing I can do to stop her. Yeah, I do agree with that. That's a good thing to say. He sneered and told me that he supposed we had nothing more to discuss and that was the end of it. All right, this is all becoming a little bit more clear now. I told Amy what me and him discussed and she decided to call it off. She broke up with him and he has not taken too kindly to it. He's been to the house a lot, so we decided to get her an apartment back in the city. Her work is going to start phasing back into the office anyway, so the timing works out. His parents called us and came to speak with us a few times. At first, they were just trying to figure out what was going on, but it quickly turned into them berating us. I got some Reddit flack for not standing up to them initially, so this time I made sure they knew where I stood. See, this is the issue I have sometimes with Reddit. People want you to just go straight away, 100%, jump on things, like stand up for people, rather than just calm down and act coolly and assess the situation, which is what you did. Looking back now at your first post, it's pretty clear that you weren't the butthole, given what we now know, right? You were just assessing. You were like, okay, I'm not sure I like this, but ultimately, as you said, as you admitted, it's not your decision. You can't stop her from marrying who she wants to, but at least you knew that something was wrong here. And you didn't just jump in straight away, making assumptions like, I guess they wanted you to. The commenters on reddit that is i don't know my point is that sometimes people in the comment sections of real life events want you to do things that just aren't practical at the time my boyfriend's friends pretended to kidnap me for a proposal i am trembling and i just created this alt account because my main has a lot of details about me that would make it easy to trace back a week ago my boyfriend told me he had a camping trip planned with his friends on friday today he said he'd have no service and he'll see me on sunday He messaged me at 5 a.m. this morning and told me they're hitting the road. At around 8, I went for a run like I usually do on Fridays. I have one headphone in while I do because I was on a work call. While I was running, I noticed an SUV that kept popping up. In hindsight, it looked just like my boyfriend's childhood friend's car. I sent a message to my sister saying to stand by and shared my location. Right after sending the message, I looked up and the SUV was right beside me and someone jumped out and grabbed me. It happened so fast that I even dropped my phone on the pavement. I was pulled into this car and I could tell there was at least two masked guys in the back before they covered my eyes. In hindsight, they had cartoonish ski masks and black gloves on. I freaked out and resisted like crazy, screaming and kicking. All I could hear was these guys laughing and I could feel one of them holding me down by my arms behind me and the other holding my legs down at my knees. I don't know how long I was in there, but I kept begging them to let me go and crying. I even admit I peed myself, but I don't think they'd noticed until we arrived at the house. They pulled me out of the car and I was screaming for help until I was pulled into the house. When the mask on my head was removed, I was on my knees in front of my boyfriend of two years. He was staring at me with a confused look before he started to angrily ask his friends what was going on. As I started to adjust to what was going on, I realized he was dressed nicely and there were romantic decorations around the entryway to the house. I realized who he was and what was going on and I collapsed into sobs I probably had a five-minute panic attack in that car on my way there and another one sitting in the entryway to his house I was sweaty wearing soiled yoga pants flushed with fear scared for my life 
That was all about an hour or two ago My boyfriend took me upstairs and was going to help me get showered and changed But I wanted to do that alone. I heard yelling and commotion downstairs while I showered, but I didn't know what was going on I'm sitting in his room now holding my shattered phone after crying to my sister about what happened She lives an hour and a half away, but is speeding over to get me now I can't stop thinking about what happened and even though I know now that I was never in any danger I don't think my brain can comprehend it They were snickering and teasing me in deepened voices about what they were going to do to me The one that was holding my legs down kept caressing my thighs up and down into the inner area When the car would break his face kept falling into my chest. I don't even know who that was I just know that one of them sounded unsure and kept trying to defuse the situation But I think it was the driver. Wow, what a crazy start to the story. As I said in the intro, there are many updates to come and we're going to get into them in just a few moments. But first of all, what do I even say to that? Comment down below, guys. What are your immediate reactions to what I've just read? I would love to know so many things. Like I have so many questions and all will be revealed in the updates. But first thing that comes to my mind is, did the boyfriend really know how crazy this was going to be? Are they his close friends? Why did he do this in the first place? Why on earth were they touching you and, you know, getting close to you in that sort of way? Oh, it's crazy. I don't know if this was supposed to be some sort of prank that just went wrong. But the fact of the matter is, it was just a horrible, horrible experience for you. And OP, off the bat, before we get into any updates, I'm so sorry that this happened. Okay, so first of all, in the comments down below, a lot of people were discussing whether or not the boyfriend was involved or to what extent he was involved. And OP had this to say. I don't think he knew how they were going to do it, but I wouldn't be surprised if he used the words kidnap and they took it too far. He's never given a red flag before, but if his friends are crazy like this, I need to reevaluate him too. I'm not sure, and I don't want to immediately talk to him. I think I'm feeling traumatized or something because I just can't physically talk to anyone except my sister. Guys, remember that OP is writing this and responding to comments pretty soon after the fact, right? She's still in the house upstairs with her sister just a couple of hours after this all happened. The next question from the comments was if OP's boyfriend is from a culture where something like this is more common. But OP instantly says no. He's ethnically from the Middle East and I'm from Eastern Europe. Very similar backgrounds, actually. We were both born and raised in America and we're both culturally and socially very Western slash American. And then finally, one commenter asks if OP could possibly stay with her sister and get some space from her boyfriend. And OP says that they don't actually live with their boyfriend at all. So either way, I'll stay with my sister a city away or she'll stay with me tonight. Okay then, so let's get into an update. This one was posted five hours later. I'm working with police now. This is going to be investigated as a false imprisonment if I press charges. My sense of time was so warped. From where I was picked up to his house was about seven or 10 minutes in the car, but it felt like way longer than that. As for the friends, the driver was his childhood best friend who I actually get along well with. He was in tears when he voluntarily arrived at the police station for a statement. The other two were friends from his athletics class that he started attending a few months ago. It seems like the two guys I didn't know wanted in on what otherwise was supposed to be something more innocent. The original plan was for them to pop out of this car in their funny kidnapping attire and hand me a letter that explained I was being summoned by my boyfriend and that resistance is futile. It seems though like the plan changed as the two new friends wanted to shake me up a bit more and make it feel more real. Okay, so there we go. I guess a little insight into how involved OP's boyfriend was in all of this. 
Now you could argue that it's not really the boyfriend's fault because he didn't actually say to his friends to do this. It was them doing this themselves and it was, you know, just out of his hands. However, I would say to that that he was the one who chose to kind of put this all into place in the first place. He was the one that employed his two friends to do this, right? Said, do this, do this. And ultimately, if you're going to be trusting two friends that you've only known for a few months in your proposal to your girlfriend, you know, the woman that you want to be with for the rest of your life, that's a very important moment, then that's kind of a bad thing for you to do, right? I mean, you're trusting two guys that you've barely known to do something that's so important. Very, very risky, and that ultimately is your fault, even though they obviously didn't do what you asked them to do. As for the two guys, I mean, they're just complete wrong-ins, right? Like, what are they doing? Seriously, what are they doing? The driver, fair enough, probably was focused on the road and was like, guys, what are you doing? This is very, very uncomfortable. And you can see the remorse later on in this post. But for the two guys themselves, like, how are you even mates with them in the first place? That is what I just don't really understand. Okay, now for the next update. I've had time to calm down and had long talks with my sister. We're going to meet up with my ex-boyfriend for dinner tonight. That's with a question mark, by the way, I guess unsure at this moment. He's been respectful of my request for space, but has been emotional whenever he thinks about what I went through this morning. His best friend contacted me repeatedly, apologizing for allowing it to get that far, but I asked for him to stop, and he did. The best friend's fiance reached out and has been supportive and apologetic too. I am astounded at the support I've received here and I wish I could thank each of you individually. I've never had anyone other than my sister and boyfriend care for my mental well-being like this. Reddit is a very kind place sometimes. And then finally, we got this update just a week or so ago. In short, I'm healing. My now fiance had a private proposal with me last week. Oh, wow. You know what? I'll be honest, guys. I really didn't expect that, but I was kind of hopeful. We had many tough conversations and his responses to everything reminded me how safe and loved I am by him. He didn't ask for or endorse that type of plan. I've learned that the two friends whom I didn't know were highly influenced by YouTube pranksters and social experiment channels. Also, one of them let us know he's on the spectrum and apologized for his part. Okay, fine, but just because you're on the spectrum doesn't mean you can go around actually properly kidnapping people. Come on. I think that's all I can share for now. I'm only consulting right now, and I may not actually press charges. Once again, thank you so much for all the kindness and support. Opening my inbox today warmed my heart incredibly. Now, there is one final edit from OP saying this. There are a lot of people who disagree with me staying with my fiance. I'm sorry I couldn't explain in detail how confident I am in him throughout this. Please read carefully before passing judgments. And I'm sorry I couldn't please everyone with my decisions. But after further response, I think pressing charges is the best course of action. Maybe I'm a bit too tender-hearted, but I didn't want the former best friend to get some flack too. But it seems he has to. Yeah, that is a tough one right there. I don't really know how I feel about that. I think I completely agree with OP in reality. Yeah, you don't want the driver who is actually probably a good person. And it, it really wasn't on them was it? I mean, there was going to be a driver no matter what happened, even if Opie had been handed the note as planned and it had been relatively fun, they were they were still going to be involved. So it's a tough one on their behalf. Uh, but ultimately, if you're going to press charges on those other two and you have to do that, and I'm really happy that you have done, then yeah, sadly, the driver, the childhood friend is going to be caught up in one way or another. But you know, if you show remorse and you say, look, I'm so sorry, I didn't expect it to happen like this. And I was just driving the car and it was all planned out like this. And you know, you get the boyfriend's uh, words and OP says that they really don't think the driver was was in the wrong really that much at all then the sentence in theory shouldn't be too bad on the driver but those other two 
I hope they actually go to jail. Not gonna lie, because I don't know, there was lots of different words that you could put in front of assault there that they did on OP. Now, as for your boyfriend slash now fiance, I'm happy about that. I am because I do feel like he just made a, a fatal error and it was a terrible error. The sort of error that you'd really hope not to make at that stage in a relationship. But still, you could see that this is just not what he had planned at all. It went horribly wrong. It's a terrible shame. But ultimately, we're not going to know, guys. We're just reading one post and a couple of updates from OP. It's up to OP. And if, if she's happy with her decision and has had solid conversations with her now fiance and feels that over the course of their relationship, this is just a blip, uh, who am I to say no? I think fair play for sticking with him and not just, you know, completely getting out of the relationship just from one terrible mistake. Now, moving on to our next story. This one originally from r slash relationship advice, and there are a lot of updates to come. My husband and son both lied to me. I am a 34-year-old woman. My husband is a 36-year-old man. We've been married for 12 years. A few weeks ago, my husband said that he has seen another woman handle situations that he didn't think I would be able to handle. I tried to talk to him about why it bothered me, and he just told me it was a passing comment and that I shouldn't take it so seriously. He said he'd meant to simply compliment her by saying she was handling so much on her own and that he was impressed by it. But I told him it was completely unnecessary and hurtful to compare her to me to compliment her. He told me I was being unreasonable and jealous and that he didn't mean anything by it. After that, he didn't say anything else about it, so I dropped it. Then yesterday, when I came home from work, I saw a pair of women's Fendi sunglasses on our kitchen island, kind of hidden by our fruit bowl. I picked them up and I asked my husband whose they were. He looked confused and was like, aren't they yours? And I said, no. Our older son, 11 years old, is sitting at the kitchen table and goes, oh, those are my friend Allison's. I took them home by accident. I was immediately suspicious. These are very expensive sunglasses. I know Allison's mother and she doesn't seem like the type to let her child bring something worth that much money into school. My son kept insisting they were hers and that he'd just taken them home accidentally on the bus and that he'd return them to her tomorrow. But I said no, that I'd return them to her mother in person so I could make sure they got to them safely. When I spoke to Alice's mother, she confirmed that they weren't Alison's and that neither she nor her daughter owned sunglasses like that. When I told my son and my husband, they both feigned ignorance. My son went from saying that he could have sworn they were Alison's to, well, maybe not. Maybe I don't know whose they are. And then my husband said that he does remember taking the sunglasses out of our son's backpack when he was getting out his lunch stuff. My younger son, who is nine, just came home and recognized the sunglasses. They are Noelle's, the woman my husband helps out sometimes. The one who he told me to not be upset over comparing me to her. I'm going to confront him when he gets home. I don't know what to say to him. I feel as though I'm going to immediately burst into tears. Can someone please give me advice as to what to say? And also just general advice, please. I never thought I'd be in this situation. Well, before we get into the update and we get the reveal of what exactly is going on here, I'm gonna be honest, I don't have too much confidence. I feel like OP is in a world of trouble and yeah, ultimately it's very likely that you're being cheated on. As as much as it pains me to say it and it's gonna be a horrible experience for you, I think that's what's going on here. The thing that's absolutely mental to me and that I can't quite work out is why your son is covering for your dad. Like to do that, to actually lie about something like that in the knowledge that you are lying, right? Normally you just say, oh yeah, I don't know whose they are, but you're lying for a reason. There's no other reason to lie than to cover up for your dad. Why are you doing that? 
You're 11. It makes me think that that surely the dad has been in the 11 year old's ear and told him that which is even more crazy Imagine cheating on your wife and then telling your son to help you out and cover up your infidelity Is that really what's going on here? That's the thing that I can't get my head around but nonetheless, let's get in to the reveal Okay, so this was posted just one day after the original when he got home. My husband admitted they were noelle's She's been over there while I was at work My husband had not realized they were hers. He thought they were mine, which is why he didn't move them. My older son realized whose they were immediately, which is why he lied about them. He knew I was about to find it all out and was trying to cover. My younger son recognized them because apparently they've gone with Noelle numerous places on my husband's days off while I was at work. I don't know what he told my older son, but he told my youngest not to tell me about Noelle and her son hanging out with them because I would feel bad about being left out because I was at work. What the heck? I returned the glasses to Noelle, who seemed horrified. She was under the assumption I knew about their hangouts. I asked her why she thought it would be okay. She looked really confused and told me why would I care if we were separated anyway? Wow. I told her we absolutely were not separated. We were very much still together. Apparently, my husband told her we'd not been together except for cohabiting and co-parenting for months now. I confronted my husband with this information and he didn't deny it. He apologized but said he had developed feelings for Noelle but didn't want to risk our marriage until he knew if they were true feelings or just attraction. He left the house. Noelle wants nothing to do with him because now she knows the truth. He lied to her as well and she is furious. I'm speaking to a lawyer today. I'm not going to speak to him again except through lawyers since I don't have anything else to say to him. And that right there is the definition of a modern day rat. Simple as that. Sorry, but uh, it's true. You can't, you can't just be doing that. I'm sorry, it's actually so crazy that I have to laugh at that sort of stuff. Uh, let me just try and, you know, see if I want to cheat on my wife with this woman. But I'm not entirely sure if I want to lose the, the guarantee of, of having sex with my wife. And the comfort of that relationship until I know for sure that I can have a new one So we're just gonna do this as like a like a kind of like a free trial, you know You know when you sign up to amazon like yeah, you get a 90-day free trial But you don't have to actually pay any money I'm gonna do this with noelle for a little bit But um, I can always just go back to my wife if it doesn't work out. Oh, actually no, I do like noelle Um, are we gonna are we gonna jump ship? Nah, let's just do both for a while and lie to both of them and then eventually get found out Thankfully and both of them have left which is good because that is what you know This guy deserved to have happened to him. What an absolute disgrace of a man um now you know what i thought about it as for the 11 year old kid that is just a tough position to be in i don't blame him at all actually because you're 11 you probably want to keep your your parents together right that's the dumb thing you're not really thinking you know i mean you're 11 right so so you're probably just gonna gonna make up a lie or whatever and, and try and keep the peace don't blame the kid completely blame the dad and again op and noel because you were lied to as well. I'm very sorry that you were put in this truly awful situation. I, a 19 year old man, recently found out that my older sister, who is 34, is actually my biological mother. My older sister and I, let's call her Rose, have had a great relationship since I was a baby. We were raised with an amazing adoptive family and she's always taken care of me. I grew up in a very warm and loving environment, but from what I was told, I was lucky. 
I was told the story of how me and my sister had two drug addict parents who never took care of us They never bothered feeding us and used to leave us at a junkie friend's house for days to go out partying When my mum was pregnant with me, she smoked and got drunk Luckily, I turned out pretty fine A lot of the time when I was a baby, my sister was the only one who took care of me When I was two months old, they left us both in a mall and left We got help from an old couple who also turned into our adoptive family And we contacted the police, but my parents went out the house, which looked like a homeless case We never saw them again and after several months in foster care the couple that helped us throughout the whole way by the way Agreed to adopt us today. I'm 19 and rose is 34 I still live with my adoptive family and rose lives about 20 minutes away So I come and visit her at least three to four times per week So a couple of months ago my friend offered me to take a dna test to find some information about my heritage Since my sister doesn't speak about that much after the results came in I found out some pretty interesting things like being 50% ashkenazi jew I found out later that I had an aunt who was 33 in the system. I immediately reached out to her. Let's call her Janet and we agreed to meet in person. All that without telling Rose a thing. When we met up, I could see that we have some similar characteristics like same hair color and same eyes. We tried to figure things out. So I asked her if she had a brother or sister and she told me that when she was 13, her 14 year old sister got pregnant while being drunk with her junkie boyfriend and a month after giving birth, She ran away with the baby after some pretty intensive fights with their parents They never found her and stopped looking after one and a half years. I connected the dots I asked to see a picture of her. So we went to her parents house Mum wasn't home and father died three years ago when I saw the picture. I knew this was rose 100% Rose is my mum. We were never abandoned We didn't have junky parents and she fabricated the entire thing to me and our adoptive family I immediately gave Janet a hug and told her that it's too much for me right now And I asked her to keep it a secret for now I went to my best friend's house told him everything and for a week now i've been sleeping over at his place I told my parents and sister that i'm at his house because he bought a new game that we both wanted for a long time And I avoided talking to rose much. I can't look it in the eyes right now Let alone tell her that I know the truth. What the heck am I supposed to do? How should I handle this? Should I tell her I know? All right, then, not wasting any time. Let's get straight into the updates. So after a week of avoiding Rose, I went to her house with a picnic basket by surprise so I'd have a chance to speak with her. She was happy to see me and I told her to sit down because we need to talk. I started things with saying that I know that she has a secret that she's been hiding from me for years. Her face turned red and she started crying like heck. She knew what I was talking about. I told her the story about the DNA test, about Janet's, and basically what I told you guys in my last post. Well, after she calmed down a bit, she told me the truth. She told me how she got drunk at a party and slept with one of the jerks who does nothing but weed every day. He didn't really care about a future kid and was like, yeah, whatever. Apparently, she found out that 10 years ago, he was stabbed in prison after sitting for drug dealing, assault, and armed robbery. She told me how her mother used to convince her father to try and talk her out of the idea of keeping the baby. They would constantly fight with her. When I was born, they told her on the spot that she'd brought shame on the family and they will not help raise me in any way, meaning that she'd have to work to have money for her baby and some for herself. After a couple of months of learning from her friends and juggling between working and taking care of me, she had a huge fight with her parents and told them that if they're not helping financially and barely in any sort of way, she and me are better off without them. As they sent her to her room, she escaped in the middle of the night. 
hitchhiked to a neighboring country and by morning she was there already She tried to take care of me for a few days She found an old abandoned house that used to have homeless people coming around every now and then and she took me to the mall when I started crying She started crying too The couple that adopted us immediately came to our aid and asked if we lost our mother Rose jumped on the opportunity and came up with a story and an alias The police figured out that we're not in the system for multiple reasons We were raised in foster care for a year and a half until the couple that helped us decided to make the effort and adopt us So we wouldn't be separated It took them a few months and a couple of lawyers, but they managed to adopt us both Rose knew all along that her parents were looking for her They came to their senses after a day or two She reached out to them and told them in a letter that she is fine and is taking care of herself and me She's not homeless and found a nice couple to help her with the baby She made it clear to them that she is never coming back and they should stop looking and a month after they stopped A few years later her father went on a quest to find her after she turned 18 secretly After so much time searching, he found her and apologized. And after a while, she forgave him and kept secretly in touch. He actually met me a few times and I knew him as one of Rose's old friends from the park. He helped a few times and apparently they'd meet up once every two months secretly. Ironically, I'm glad I got to know him before he passed, even if I didn't know who he really was. By the way, my adoptive family never found out about the whole thing. Wow, I guess you're probably now out of their adoption given that you're both over the age of 18. Crazy, they never knew. So after hearing this I told her we missed a lot by not knowing she's my mother and I told her I understand that she did the right thing I pulled out an it's a boy sign from the picnic basket and some snacks for a late baby shower And we hugged for an hour or so had a lot of fun watched a movie and then I headed off to my parents Adoptive parents house to have dinner with them. What so you're still living with them? And they don't know. Oh my god. I'm glad she's my mother. I feel for the first time in years complete I don't care that she lied because she did it for the greater good and I honestly can't imagine my life right now if she didn't Thanks guys for helping me get my feelings straight and helping me to mentally cope with everything that happened Wow, a truly mental story to start off today's episode I can't quite believe what i've just read the good news I guess is that you're happy with the conclusion to the story You you get why she lied in the first place and um, yeah, it was all for the greater good really I do have to say though the fact that you've just gone to your adoptive parents house for dinner and they don't know that The people that they thought they adopted the siblings they thought they adopted are actually a mother and a son is mental I feel like you really ought to tell them. I know it's not my place, but I feel like you owe them at least that I think my girlfriend has been trying to get me fired from all my jobs. I'm shaken. Please help me I am a 24 year old man and i've been with my 29 year old girlfriend Let's call her janice for two and a half years I just finished my education when we started dating and i've been doing all sorts of jobs since sometimes two at a time I did this to expand my resume and gather job experience I worked in cafes bookstores a library a grocery store and as an english tutor Most of these jobs lasted about three to five months My shortest stay was two and a half weeks my longest eight months But since I didn't have a hard time applying for new positions, I tried to block it out Though it was kind of eating me up internally people called to complain about me people left bad reviews about me People use my employee wi-fi access to look up sketchy things on the internet under my name Former employees called to inform them about me right name and all and much more subtle stuff that I couldn't disprove But I was too anxious to do anything about it. I just told my girlfriend She comforted me and supported me every time I got my life ruined by these people But I kept going though. They kept finding me Fast forward to this week. I currently hold a part-time position at a bakery. I've been working there for two months and a half. 
It's going okay, but my manager approached me about something regarding our Google reviews. Someone was complaining about an employee and their description could only really fit me. It was on a day where we were pretty short of staff, so I could have been the only person in the store on that day for all I know. Anyway, their review contained some pretty elaborate and nasty comments about me. This has happened on one or two of my jobs already. I told my manager that it was all pretty bogus and that someone had a vendetta against me as it's happened before. She believed me and told me that she'll dismiss the comments. On my break, I checked out the review myself. Their username was kind of stupid. I'm not going to type it out here since I still work there, but I'll just call them Mick Myrtle as it was in the same range of sounds kind of fake, but not really. Anyway, I come home, but I don't tell Janice about it. She's heard it all before, so I didn't see the point in complaining about another time I almost lost my position. We chat, all is well, and she leaves the room. Her phone is on the table and suddenly she gets a notification or an email of some sort from Google. I don't remember what it said exactly, but the pop-up read something along the lines of Mick Myrtle, manager has responded to your review. My heart dropped. I've been trying to ignore it since. This was two days ago. It just fit in the picture of bad reviews. It fit in the picture of the phone complaints my workplace has received about me in the past. It fit in the picture of all the sketchy things I've been fired for. Why would she do that though? I'm looking for an explanation. This literally can't be. She's the only thing keeping me sane. I don't know what to do. And then just a couple of weeks after, we got this update. First of all, yes, we broke up. That's what I'll be referring to her as my ex from now on. Anyway, let's start from the beginning. On the Monday of the following week, I couldn't take the uncertainty anymore. I told my ex I needed her booking account to book a train ticket to visit my dad for a few days. She complied. And when she was in the shower getting ready for work, I booked my ticket and started looking through her emails. After some digging, I found an email to herself which contained a spreadsheet file. I sent the file to myself, printed it out, and took a screenshot. Why? Well, that spreadsheet contained about every single piece of information about me that there was. Numbers, emails, passwords, work times, colleagues, their numbers and social medias, as well as some emails and passwords that she used for accounts to ruin my life with. Everything was on there, conveniently sorted for her to ruin my life as efficiently as possible. When she left for work, I decided it would be best to immediately pack my stuff. Nothing that mattered would be left behind. I felt like a wanted man, like I was being hunted despite nothing being seemingly out of place. I called my boss, told her I'd be taking some time off from work and headed out to see my dad. Needless to say, he was the sanity I needed. I cried about everything I saw. I panicked for a whole two days straight about how my life was ruined and I didn't know what to do. He had to sleep on the couch in the guest room because I was so scared of my ex coming in. He handled it like a champ. I love you, dad. He called the police, a lawyer, and most recently a therapist for me because I was in the most horrible state of my entire life. Yeah, I don't blame you. We're currently sorting out the legal stuff. I haven't talked to my ex except for letting her know it was over and that she is a sick psychopath. My dad handled the rest. I changed all my passwords and now I'm looking for a place to live. Yeah, dude, you're absolutely right. Psychopathic is the word that comes to my mind. How sick and twisted do you have to be to do this? I don't even get why she was doing this in the first place. If you've got any ideas what her motive might have been other than just clearly being a sick and twisted individual, comment down below. Maybe she was unhappy at your jobs or something. But you know what? No, I'm not even going to try and give any logic or reason to explain her actions. They're inexplicable. What's she doing? Incredible. And also, like, that is going to screw you up mentally. And I'm not surprised that you're in a terrible place right now. Because I would be too. The one person that you trust the most, that you tell everything to, 
she does this behind your back she's the one that's actually inflicting this damage on you and causing you not to have a job long term how is that going to affect you my brother awfully that's the answer your dad's a legend oh my god i can't quite believe what i've just read am i the jerk for giving my stepson a 20 minute time limit to return my car before i phone the police i am a 34 year old female doctor and part of my job entails being on call for one to three nights a week twice a month my fiance dale who is 30 has been saving with my stepson's mum to buy him a car for christmas my stepson rex who is 16 has a license already but always has to borrow his mum's station wagon or his dad's beat-up pickup truck his mum's car is lame and embarrassing and his dad's can only hold one passenger not practical for a teen on to the main conflict Rex texted me yesterday around 12 asking if he could borrow my car after school His friends wanted to go to the mall, but the bus route is too long. Could they borrow my car? I texted back as sorry, but no i'm on call again. Can you ask your mum? He says no. I told him sorry, but my answer is still no I'm sure you'll find a solution though. Ask your friends and you can all figure it out If you see where this is going, you're less shocked than I am I was up in my office the room where I keep my switch sewing machine and laptop So not an official office when I heard rex and his friends downstairs after school I was going to see if they needed anything but they left after a few minutes an hour later I went to the kitchen cleaning up the empty bottles and wrappers from their snacks I saw the spot where I left my keys empty and I began to panic first. I bolted to the door My car was gone. I immediately dialed my stepson. He picks up and it's obvious. He's in a mall store that's playing loud music I told him to get his butt home now and he laughed and said that i'm not his mum. He'll be home whenever he pleases now I'm, not proud But then I told him that he has 20 minutes to get home or i'll call the police and report my car stolen Rex panics and said he couldn't find all of his friends and drive home in 20 minutes. I told him tough 10 minutes later, I get a text that he's in the mall parking lot and will be home soon. I phoned Rex's mum and informed her of his stunts. She was madder than me when I told her that I was on call. She apologized and promised to talk with Rex and Dale ASAP. Rex came in, threw me my keys, and locked himself in his room. Dale finally came home around 8 and said he'd been on the phone with his ex. He demanded to know why I'd punished his son. I put my foot down and explained that I'm on call. That means I need my car. Rex stole my car. But Dale disagrees. His ex agrees with me and decided that she won't be buying Rex a car anytime soon due to his entitlement. Dale thinks that I'm making a big deal out of nothing. I didn't end up going into work, so why did I have to threaten Rex? Well, I've only gone in twice this year while on call. But just because nothing happens doesn't mean that I'm always clear. Rex is now grounded. My fiance is barely speaking to me. He asked me when I'm going in today. I'm not. And if I'm going to apologize. I'm not budging and I'm still angry that he doesn't understand. So, am I the jerk? Now, I think we can all agree that the answer here is pretty obvious. Obviously, you're not the jerk. Your car was literally stolen. Of course, you're allowed to report that and then be angry at the person who stole it. doesn't matter who they are. But what is more interesting is the update and what happens next in this story. So, apparently, Dale reads through this subreddit on his work breaks. He texted me a link to my post during his dinner break. A short time later, I first received a call from Rex's mum, who said that Dale called her and ranted about how I made him look bad online. She told him that she doesn't give a flying F because he didn't react the way a good parent should. Dale was so furious that he told her that he'd be calling his mother to see if someone actually cared about his feelings. But Dale's mother handed his butt back to him, good, and reiterated to Dale that he was not an active part in his son's life until he was six, so he's got no leg to stand on. Dale tried to complain about how everyone was being unfair to him, but she shut him up and told him that his son did something wrong, and this is not about punishing him for being a bad father. Dale returned home a little while ago, about an hour earlier than he usually does 
He looked defeated, but he was still short with me. He said he was disappointed that I posted and now everyone who knows will think he's a joke and a bad father. I didn't think this conversation would end up with my ending the engagement and relationship, but it did. The house is all in my name, so Dale is packing up his stuff and crawling back to his mum's house. The wedding wasn't set, so no money or time lost there. Dale said so many things that I don't even want to write down. This is not the man who I've known for four years, and I'm honestly shocked at how selfish he is. He said my doctor money would have to buy Rex a car to make up for all the hard feelings. I'm astonished at how delusional he is. I'm done with this account and will not be returning. So there you go. Uh, That is a story of how a Reddit post ruined an entire relationship. I say ruined. It's for the best, isn't it? I don't understand Dale's entire like thought process here. All right. So your son makes a terrible mistake, right? Steals a car. That's fine. That's on him. Yeah, it doesn't look great on you as a parent, but why is he going all selfish on this? Why is he saying that, oh, you're making me look bad as a father? It's not about you. Just punish him the way you should be punished for stealing a car and then just move on with your life. Like, he's your child. You've got to take responsibility. It's not about you, though, as a parent. Like, do your job as a parent, but nobody really cares. Like, you guys listening right now, when you were listening to the first post right there, were you thinking throughout, oh, Dale's a terrible man? No, didn't cross my mind once. It's just the dad. I expect him to punish him and talk to him and the same with the OP did. Now, up until that point when he didn't do that, it was all good. So it's on him is what I'm trying to say, I guess. I don't actually know that made any sense. I mean, what we've really understood here is that actually Dale is extremely entitled as well. The comment about the doctor money alone shows that. Um, so yeah, I guess something like this was always going to happen at some point. It's better that it did now and that you're not married to him. I am an 18-year-old woman and I've apparently been dating my best friend, a 19-year-old man, for an entire year. But I didn't know until today. I need help asking him about it. This is going to be such a suffering from successful post, but bear with me for a second. I've known him for five years, different classes and courses, but the same friend group. Over time, he's genuinely become one of the best people I know and it's only getting better every Every day. I can't lie and say he's not my type. Nerdy, charming, sweet, funny, flirty with the right amount of awkward. He comes to pick me up from class, plays hockey without being a douchebag to the skaters, and most importantly, gets treats for my cats. Multiple strangers have mistaken us for a couple, even close people like our friends, professors, and worst of all, my family. He's kind of perfect, but I've never even thought of putting the moves on him. He's never shown romantic interest in me. We're friends, nothing more. Or that's what I thought. Today, he was spending the afternoon at my dorm, something he started about a year ago now. We're laying on my bed, mindlessly watching Sonic cartoons, when he says, verbatim, So baby, where do you want to go this Friday? Matter of fact, this is the first time I've been called baby by him, so that kind of shocked me. Instead of asking why, I froze and was just like, what's happening Friday? He turns to me and kisses me. Again, first time thing with us. He hugs my waist and goes, our one year anniversary, idiot. I'm making reservations. At this point, I'm frozen. I genuinely don't know what to say. I'm gobsmacked. The dude I thought was my best friend, who never even showed interest in the dating thing, is under the idea that we've been dating for a whole year. I'm silent while he continues hugging me and scrolling on his phone, racking my brain thinking about what to tell him when his phone starts ringing. It's his mum, who he puts on speaker, and she actually goes, Hi, are you still with your girlfriend? Oh, so now his mum thinks we're dating too? He tells her yes and asks why she called. She asks for his help with private stuff I won't divulge here, but he turns to me and goes, sorry, I'll be back in a bit, sweetheart. I just nodded. I was just like, all right, see you in a bit. 
No questions, no screaming, just acceptance. He gets up to put on his sneakers and leans down to kiss me again, which I just accept at this point. It's a nice kiss, despite the fact that my mind is somewhere else. He leaves and I get a text from his coach. Tell boyfriend's name to come tomorrow at seven. He'll only listen if it's you. What do you mean only me? You're the responsible adult tasked with training these hockey players. Why do you depend on me bringing him to you? But that led me to a rabbit hole of finding out who knows we're dating. Apparently, the majority of the people I talk to think we're dating. Or if I'm being correct here, know we're dating and just have never mentioned it to me. I don't think it's a prank solely on the fact that his mum called me his girlfriend. They don't have the closest relationship. She is a very traditional, conservative, and religious Korean woman. Always serious and does not play around. When she realized early on that her son did not agree with many of her opinions, she stopped caring for him to the fullest, only keeping it civil for the rest of the family and friends. There's nothing he could have done to have her go along with something like this, especially when she wants him to marry young with a nice Korean girl, which I'm not. Also, he just doesn't seem like the guy to play with people like this. He might be dumb and oblivious, but not horrible. I don't know what to do now. I mean, he's a great guy, don't get me wrong. And if the last five years are anything to go by, he would be, or is, a great boyfriend, maybe even the future, a husband. But I've never looked at him that way, so I can't say I love him. When this occurred, it was like the glass shattered and I saw how differently he looked at me. How he talked and acted. Stuff that never changed since the beginning, but for some reason, I've never noticed. I can't sit here and pretend I love him like that. I wasn't thinking about him in that sense all this time. But on the other side, I don't want to hurt him. He clearly thinks we've been together for that long, so he has to have strong feelings for me. And I don't want to step on them and scar him like that. I can't just keep dating him though. Something that I've apparently been doing for a year. I could learn to love him eventually. It wouldn't take much to be honest, but it wouldn't be fair to him or me. In my defense, who dates someone and just doesn't ask them about it? If the roles were reversed and a year ago something happened where I was like, oh my, I love him. This was probably a date. We're probably dating right now. I would have confirmed with him or at the very least said something for the following year, not only at the one year mark. I just don't know what to do. I'm scared and angry, disappointed in myself for not recognizing the situation sooner. I feel like I'm stuck between the sword and the wall. The last thing I want is to hurt him, but I also don't want to lie to him. How should I go on about this with him? Now, my immediate thoughts are that this may be possibly the most unbelievable friend zoning that I've ever come across. So unbelievable, in fact, that you didn't even know it was going on. And that just makes it even funnier. Like, it's very harsh on this guy. I don't know if he's just being strange. I completely agree with OP. Like, you would always ask, or at least, like, you'd know you're dating, wouldn't you? You wouldn't just say after a year, hey, baby, it's our one year anniversary. And they're like, what's going on? But anyway, as I said, this is best operator updates. So let's see what happens next. Actually, before we jump into the update, first of all, there are a couple of relevant comments from this user, Wish Gullible, who actually asked some great questions. I can understand the not kissing, they say, from a religious point of view. I can understand the take it slow from a purely conservative dating standpoint. But I cannot, on the other hand, understand why you have no pet names for each other. Is anyone from Korea? How do you guys do stuff over there? Maybe it's a cultural thing though, and a year was long enough to move the relationship along. How does he pinpoint the anniversary? Did anything change one year ago, OP? And then OP replied, I'm white and he wasn't born in Korea, but his family still holds traditions even in a foreign country. 
There were no pet names because there was no relationship. It was never even suggested. Nothing really changed a year ago, worth noting. I went back to check on messages and Google photos. Nothing important. I've already sent him a message to meet up after practice and he said yes. So I'll have a talk with him soon. And then a couple of days later, we get this update. Turns out he's just dumb and sad. Or maybe crazy and psychotic. I did give him way too much benefit of the doubt. I read a lot of comments and messages that were sent to me privately on what I should do. Big thank you to everyone. The majority of you were nice and helpful. Also, big sorry for the sweet lady wishing me a happy future marriage. Not happening soon. And to the people saying it was fake, if I'd created a good love story, I would have sold it to Netflix or HBO Max or Wattpad instead of being a loser and asking Reddit for fake help. Hey, I'll be honest with you. People do that. So, uh, yeah. I brought it up to my psychiatrist and I showed her the Reddit post I made, a few of the messages I've received, and she basically had the attitude of, hey, remember that great guy? Well, he's a POS now. So let's learn about moving on and not reminiscing on a broken friendship, which I think is the best way to go on about this. Now, to be honest, I don't remember much because I wanted to cry from the moment he started talking. Also, I was quiet and only spoke very little because I did not want to make it a bigger scene than it already was. I just let him talk for a few hours and then dipped. Towards the end, he was shouting and unpredictable. People were looking and I just wanted to go home. I decided that we should meet up in a public space. Before his practice, I sent him a text and asked if he wanted to meet up at a coffee shop that we both know. He called, said yes, and you sound serious. Should I be worried? To which I said, honestly, yes, you should. He told me then to stop joking and then went on to his practice. Fast forward a couple of hours, I'm sitting there and he comes in, sits in front of me and thanks me for the food I ordered him. We start eating. I'm a nervous wreck and he realizes, which led to him asking, are you really okay? You didn't seem good a while ago. And from what you said, I'm actually worried now. So I lay it out on him. I ask him why he thinks we're dating. Why does everyone else? And what led to him thinking that? Now he's just quiet and I'm just looking at him, not saying anything. Stuff after this is a bit fuzzy because I just wanted to cry. This next stuff came very out of the blue for me as well. It's just kind of weird looking back on it. He says something like, I didn't really think we could actually date if I asked you up front. To which I said, that's how relationships usually work though, you ask? To which this led him on a tangent about women in general. Opinions that he shared with me and said to my eyes with no regrets. What I saw in front of me was no longer my best friend of five years. It was a boy who grew up to be a man and to have a very damaging idea of women. Stuff that I could assign to immaturity, but he had nicer things to say when he was 14 than what he was saying to me now. I just interrupted him and asked what led him to think about women this way, since he never let his family, most predominantly his mother, influence him into these antiquated ideas. To be honest, I don't think even the most conservative women in the world would say what he said, but his mother still has some not so nice beliefs about women. He was quiet for a while and that did give me some pity until he opened that mouth of his again. You know, there's these podcasts. Oh my days. What a time to plug my podcast. Guys, if you didn't know, I also post these YouTube videos on all podcast platforms. And let me tell you, I'm not as bad as this guy, in my opinion. It's up to you to judge. Give me a five-star review. Let's carry on. Anyway, that let me know everything I needed to. Oh, so you're a Tate fanboy now. He starts arguing and yelling that it's not him, but that they know what's right and wrong, how things should be. And to be honest, I'm not really listening to him at this point. I just want to get out of there and cry. 
I'm listening, but nothing is registering. Some of the milder things he started yelling are about women and our relationship with food and how we should have a limited amount, how we're so vulnerable and emotional, ready to blame men for everything, and how we start yelling at every minute inconvenience, which is funny in hindsight. How menstrual stuff was a hoax and that I was no doubt lying when I couldn't walk from my period pains because I wanted his attention and that no girl can possibly feel a greater pain than a man. He also said that when we're talking about his course, something to do with car parts, it was not cute and sweet of me, let alone women in general, to act dumb and pretend I'm clueless because that does not make me more appealing. I genuinely though don't freaking know how a car works. My freaking bad. I tell him that if this is all a big joke, it's not funny. He interrupts me and talks about how he listens to these men but doesn't tell anyone because he knows that me and our friends wouldn't agree. He tells me that I'm not a perfect woman, whatever that means, but that he still would like to date me but couldn't tell me because I'd say no and ruin his fantasy. Hmm. I'm crying now and people are noticing, so I just want to get out of there immediately. I tell him, not verbatim, but along these lines, You're so freaking stupid. You genuinely could have dated me if only you'd asked. You could have had everything, but you started listening to opinions of guys who have nothing. How sad can you be to pull a stunt like this instead of asking like a normal person? He starts yelling that I'm wrong and they know what is right, starting a whole rant that I don't have the strength to listen to. I stand up, start walking, and he grabs my arm. More people are staring. I tell him to let go, and he only does when I threaten to call the police. I left telling him to never speak to me again. I'm now home. I've blocked him on everything and told some friends what happened. They were all shocked by how he acted and what he said. One guy did tell me he was always easy to influence though. I asked why they thought we were dating and they told me it was how he acted like a couple. I guess that one is on me, but that's combined with the fact that he told them yes when they asked. And since the behavior checked out, they just never thought to talk about it with me. I'm not responding to any of them right now. To be honest, I'm moving cities in a few months with my family. I used to cry about it nonstop because I'd have to leave all my friends here, including him, and that was the last thing I wanted. But now I'm kind of glad I don't have to worry about bumping into him. I just feel distraught. Like, that was a nice friendship. It was a pillar of my childhood, and now it's just gone. He said and did some nasty things, even if it was in the span of a few hours. If up until moving, he comes up to me personally or tries to pick me up from class, I'll repeat that I do not want him in my life anymore. If push comes to shove, I'll call the police. Not that I think they'd do anything. I'm also sharing my location with both my older brother and father. Yes, it might be a bit delusional and not needed, but you never know. He was a great guy and we did have a good friendship up until he decided to view women as objects and date one without asking because he deserves it. I just can't stop crying. I really thought I knew him, and for him to be able to spew those words and opinions at me like that, stuff he's always been against from what I remember, it was shocking. It's only been a few hours, but it's already weird not having that constant text or call happening. I feel like it's kind of empty, but I don't want someone like that next to me. The worst for me is that I see no change. He has no sisters, and his mother does somewhat think that way as well, and so does his father. Maybe coach could help, but... I don't know. I just feel betrayed, I guess. It feels stupid to say, but it's true. I mean, I get men like this every single day. Every girl does. It goes from professors who know me to drivers who are seeing me for the first time. Comments vary from just telling me I'm pretty to more gruesome stuff. I'm used to it. I just never expected it to be someone so close to me. 
that I trusted. I don't know when he started thinking like this, but now it has me feeling all gross and dirty. If he thinks like this about me and never said it, I don't even want to know what he thinks about our mutual trans friend. What his opinions are actually like when he's always been nice and respectful to her. It does help me chuckle a bit that some of the things he said were just so textbook misogyny that it seems he learned them on a Joker Sigma Instagram account. That is so stupid, it's kind of hilarious if you omit the part where he said that R is not a real problem. Wow, he went to those lengths? That is nuts. So that is that. I thought I had a nice friend by my side, but guess not. Never trust a guy. Even if you grew up with them, they'll disappoint you eventually. And there we go. That is the end of that one. I can't say I completely agree with that last sentence, but I will say and, and seed that guys like this do give other normal men and nice people, guys, a bad rep. And uh, yeah, there's not really too much that we can do about that. To be honest, I got into this story and I was thinking that it was going to be kind of funny. Like a guy getting let down after just really thinking that someone was actually his girlfriend for a year with her just having no idea. And although that is kind of what transpired, in reality... I don't know. Are we just seeing the destruction of a lot of men personified, exemplified in this one guy due to TikTok and YouTube shorts, I even say, and people like Andrew Tate just giving people the wrong impression? I don't know. That's up to you. Let me know in the comments down below. What do you reckon? Do you think misogyny is getting worse because of the internet? I'm all ears. I'm all ears myself. Personally, I probably think it is. My girlfriend sold my car because of a petty argument. I am now suing her. So for a bit of context, my girlfriend and I have known each other for around four years, but started dating during 2021. That car has been passed down for generations, by the way. It's a 1972 Ford F100. My grandpa owned it, then passed it down to my dad, then passed it down to me. I don't drive it too often as I do have my own car, but I use it for work. Recently, we've gotten into an argument over me not taking care of our two cats. The thing is, I spend almost all day working and the rest of it resting. So, what did she do? She got the pickup truck, went to a junkyard, and sold it. The worst part, she sold it for $400. Keep in mind, this truck was in pristine condition. When I got back home from the bar, I noticed the pickup wasn't there. I asked her and she told me what she did. I instantly packed up my things, my cat, told her we were done, and left. I've been getting calls from her, her family, and friends every day calling me names. Am I in the wrong? Well, before we even get into an update, first of all, we have a comment from OP, which tells us all about the arguments. The first time, we had an argument over chores. The last argument we had was about her disappearing on me for nine hours without any previous notice that was about a month ago. The thing is, it's not like I just didn't take care of the cats at all. I was just really busy with work and got back home really tired. Also keep in mind that I was the breadwinner in the house. I had an agreement that she would do the chores and I would put food on the table. I still love the cats and I fed them. Okay, now for the first update, which was posted just a day later. Thanks for all the advice and support. Two things. I've talked to my lawyer cousin. He said I could have a solid case if this goes to court, but honestly, after all the trash I've been through, I want my pickup back and some more for what happened. I doubt the police are going to do anything after a couple of bad experiences I've had with them. My ex came knocking on my door. I ignored her. I don't want anything to do with that female dog anymore. My dad also got the news and was super sad, considering that truck was pretty much the family's breadwinner for about 30 years. Okay, moving straight on to update two. 
Thanks for even more advice. I've now filed a police report for the stolen F100. I have hope it can be done. I'm also doing my own bit of research, driving to a couple of nearby junkyards, but I doubt I'll find it on my own. I hope we can find the old green F100 we love so much. Next update posted on the same day. The F100 has been found at a nearby junkyard by a friend. Thanks for all the support, guys. Well, that is unbelievable news. Now moving on to update four. So people have been asking these things and I feel like I should clarify. One, it is not like I took no care of the cats at all. She doesn't work. I put the bread on the table. She gets the house chores done. That is how we've managed it, which is why I feel like this was petty. Two, I went to a bar that evening to hang out with a friend that I hadn't seen in five years. I don't drink heavily or often. I guess OP is kind of saying that it wasn't as if he was going out every night and leaving his girlfriend to do everything. And three, the signature to sell it was forged by my girlfriend from what I know at the moment. Or the junkyard guy just took it because it was a $9.6,000 profit. The junkyard opens at 12.30 a.m. today, and since it's currently 5 a.m. here, I'm still going to have to wait for a while. As you might be able to tell, today was quite a crazy day. Haven't gotten one minute of sleep. Okay, I guess all these updates came pretty much back to back to back to back over the course of this evening. Wow. What a day and night for OPA. Now, here is the amazing update that we've all been waiting for. So, I have the F100 back. Over a day of no sleep, work, and panic, and it's finally over. She's been charged with a class one felony for stealing a car worth more than $10,000. She's been fined $5,000. Finally back from the garage with the truck. I'm so tired. I'll take a nap now. I'll update you guys more thoroughly tomorrow. I don't feel like explaining every detail right now. It's 7.09 p.m. and I'm really tired of this freaking trash. And then just two days on from the date of the original post, we got this final update. I have the truck back. The F100 is actually back. I did have to pay the $400 though, and it's not as good as it was before. It's really dirty, probably from driving to the junkyard, which is pretty dirty. And the bodywork that was once pristine is now damaged. There's a huge scratch on the paint. It was a really sharp key or something because the bodywork is now ruined. It started flash rusting, which is really not good. The paint is ruined and the truck itself isn't as great as before. I can tell that she broke the brake fluid line as well because the brakes are running badly. Good news though, as previously mentioned, my girlfriend has been charged with a C1F for GTA and fine the 5K. But don't worry though, I will still follow through with the lawsuits. So there we go, guys. That is the end of this story. Now, as you can see on screen, if you are watching on YouTube, amazingly, this entire episode was actually put into a Newsweek article that was deemed newsworthy. Man suing ex-girlfriend for selling his family heirloom. Done with her. The quote. And you know what? I completely agree. What a story. And uh, a couple of really intense days, I guess, for OP. Back to back to back updates showed that. But, you know, justice was done in the end. Now, look, of course, it is a shame that the car was damaged and isn't in its original state. But nonetheless, that is a lot better than the alternative, which is never seeing that car again. Not only losing out on the $10,000 worth of value, of course, but also the incredible history of that car and the place that it holds in your family's heritage, I guess. The fact that it, it was the breadwinner for 30 years gone like that over just a petty argument. That is incredible. I mean, wow. Justice has been done, though. I really hope, I don't know if this is too harsh to say, that that 5K really affects your ex-girlfriend because she deserves it. Okay, now for our next best of Redditor updates post. 
My girlfriend dated me because of a dare. My girlfriend, who was 17, and I, an 18-year-old male, had been dating for five months. Before we started dating, I had a crush on her for roughly a year. It was quite well known, since one of my old friends spilled it directly to her and her friends. They giggled for some time, but she never made a move on me or spoke to me about it. We're just classmates and we aren't close. Now, for New Year's, she hosted a birthday party for her 17th birthday. I was overjoyed and happily came. It was a great party, though I was mostly off to the side since my old friends were mainly mingling with other people. Now, a few days afterwards, she came up to me and asked to meet me after school. We agreed at the park to where she confessed that she had feelings for me and wanted to be a couple. I was over the moon and we began dating that day. Our relationship was pretty solid. We didn't get into many fights, but she wasn't all that affectionate, which I was fine with. We never got intimate and many did small things like cuddling skip to five months she was in my home and in the kitchen making herself a snack her phone was buzzing and she asked me to bring it over her phone settings are such that you can see the first line of a message on her lock screen the phone also automatically turns on whenever she receives a notification i took a glimpse and it was one of her friends now i didn't take a good look but it read something like when is the breakup happening which immediately attracted my attention I unlocked her phone since I knew her password prior. I then read a few more messages where they were talking about a prank they pulled on me. I confronted her about it and she went silent. After some prodding, she confessed. During her birthday, one of her friends dared her to ask me out. She got guilty when we continued dating for months upon months. It was supposed to be a one-time thing with a simple date at a restaurant. They planned to hook me up with someone and frame me for cheating in the next few weeks. So she had a valid reason to break up with me. It also gave the other girls a chance to spread rumors about me. We got into a huge fight and I told her to leave and that we are done. It's only been a few hours and I am absolutely devastated. I really, really like this girl and she decided that it was a fun idea to pull on my heartstrings. I don't know what to do. Her things are still here, so I'm going to put it all in the box and leave it outside. She's been texting me, apologizing, trying to explain herself. I blocked her friend's numbers since they were also harassing me. I haven't blocked her just yet since we have to get each other's stuff from the other's houses. But after that, I'll be going no contact. Luckily, the school year is almost over and I'm graduating, so I don't have to see her again. But still, I'm really upset. It hurts, man. Okay then, moving on to the first update posted just a day later. I honestly didn't expect to post an update so soon. But since I did agree to pick up my things today while also dropping hers off, I don't know why I expected nothing to happen. A lot of you pointed out that she may have fallen in love with me during our relationship. But it doesn't matter if she did or not. She broke my trust and I'm no longer attracted to her after yesterday. She allowed her friends to talk trash about me and plotted to destroy my reputation. She's weak-minded and I'm not going to further date someone who will pick their abusive friends over their romantic interest. Do I feel bad? A little, but I tried warning her and she did not listen. So now on to the actual updates. I went to my ex's house with a friend of mine since no way in heck am I going there alone. Right before school, I went. I didn't see my things outside, so I rung the doorbell. Her father came out and handed my things to me while I gave him her things. He asked if I cheated on her since she's crying in her room about it. So yeah, more of you were right about them spreading rumors and trying to blast me. I explained that I didn't and even showed the screenshots that I had on my phone. I guess OP is referring to her, her crazy friends spreading rumors and uh, yeah, 
Good thing you had those screenshots, OP, so you could back up your point and make sure that her father knew the truth. I actually ended up sending him a screenshot through his phone. He thanked me and said he'll take a look at it. I told him if you didn't believe me through that, well then look at her phone. My friends and I then left to go back home and get ready for school. I'm happy I got my guitar back since it's really the only thing I valued. After school, I got a call from my ex's dad. He apologized for the accusations and he said that he found the group chat of the girls and the hookup plans. He said he was going to punish his daughter and find these friends' parents. He got their names already and he's prodding my ex to know where they live. I told him he could use my screenshots as evidence to back me up. Props to the dad for being calm about this. And that's really all that happened. I know her dad and he's a scary man. He's six foot and built. He can be very intimidating and I know that my ex will give up the information. It's only a matter of time before the girls fall. I'll be keeping an eye out since I have a week left of school. If anything happens, I'll post another update. I'm not interested in finding their socials and seeing if they've already started spreading the whole cheating rumors. I'm sure they have done. However, everything was fine at school, but now it's the weekend, so I may receive some backlash when I return. But I honestly don't care. I got accepted into a college and I'm ditching this place. I just need to survive this week and graduation. My ex's dad will do all the heavy work. And then nine days later, we got this final update. Man, sorry it took so long. I got busy with graduation and was waiting for things to be finished up. Now that I think they are, this may be the final update to conclude this mess. My ex got grounded, of course. All technology has been stripped away and she was forced to delete all her socials in front of her dad, besides Facebook because of family connections. She isn't allowed out of the house and he's hoping to get her a job over the summer. All that money will be directly funded to her college savings and none will go to her spending. So, LMAO. Her dad also messaged me that she ended up ratting out her friend's addresses and he went to each house to talk to the parents. I don't know what happened to them, but some were furious at graduation. I know they had a huge fight with my ex and everyone dropped her as a friend. They dropped each other as well. The whole friend group basically crumbled except like two of them. I'm pretty sure my ex probably has one or two friends left, if any at all. She was well popular, but then dropped to the bottom of the food chain. It's hilarious. Now, none of the girls actually confronted me except for my ex. I met her after graduation where I was heading back to the car with my parents. She stopped me midway. She apologized profusely and admitted she never actually saw me as a lover, but as a best male friend. God, that makes it even worse. Five months with no real, you know, sexual attraction, actual relationship, wanting in all of that time that is truly terrible she realized how much we had in common when she took me on that day and wanted to get to know me more but she's a lesbian she wanted to keep the charade of us pretending to be lovebirds so that her friends wouldn't think she's a freak for liking girls they're quite homophobic and would have dropped her they did anyways so she also used the whole prank card as an excuse to not break up since i could have told people and word would have been spread around and it could have ruined her reputation too which is why they did the whole getting me framed for cheating thing i'm surprised that she suspended it for several months and it got that far it's impressive actually if i hadn't caught her in time she probably would have just gone through with it due to pressure So basically, she used me so that people think she's straight and also not to ruin her reputation if it came out that it was a prank to date me. The only thing that I forgave her for was her being a lesbian. I am a straight cis male, but I can't imagine how scary it might be to be in a circle full of homophobes whom you've known since you were kids, if you were gay. 
She didn't want to be discarded as a social outcast Now i'm sure she would have found plenty of friends who would have accepted her for who she is We don't live in the 1900s, but still I do understand why I honestly would have rather her come out as lesbian than use our relationship as a prank though It would have been so much easier to handle in the end I told her to leave me alone and that i've blocked her she understood and left She was sobbing so much and actually having a panic attack in the parking lot I had to drag her away from my parents at one point since I didn't want them finding out what's really been going on I only told them that we broke up and that that was a final conversation to clear things up Now I do feel bad for her, but I can't help her I do hope though that she finds better friends, honestly Anyways, that is all for the update I told her dad that I made a reddit post about this situation I didn't want to out her, so I asked him to ask her if it would be okay She actually said yes I don't know if she's read my post or not, but she definitely now knows that I wrote about her to reddit Oops. Well, there we go. That is the end of that one. And to be honest, I do completely agree with op the moment that op said about You know, really she was kind of just semi using him to cover up the fact that she is a lesbian and that she had real worries and concerns about coming out as a lesbian and, and you know That was the main reason or at least one of the main reasons as to why she maintained her relationship with op I, I kind of I, I do feel that I do feel that and and that is a tough one. It's a spot that I can only really sympathize with It's one that you know, i'm not going to be in myself and I can't really imagine how tough that may be However, that all being said you still i'm talking to the ex-girlfriend now Completely used op and and mess with his emotions for your own personal gain. Yes Clearly it seems that she she does feel terrible about the way that she handled things and the fact that she did maintain this relationship for so long In the knowledge that she didn't really believe in it and it wasn't a real relationship However, that doesn't that doesn't take away from the fact that you've kind of just kidded op for five months and wasted his time And yeah, as op said really mess with his emotions for that. You don't really deserve any sympathy However, it is a tough one knowing that all your friends are homophobic and you yourself are a lesbian Yeah, I, I, I do feel for you in that situation but then again, you could also find some friends that, that love you for who you are. I don't know. It's a tough one. You did a terrible thing. OP, I, I feel really horrible for you. At least now you can move on with your life. Just imagine if you hadn't found out for months and months and maybe even years on end. That could have been truly terrible. But uh, yeah, all in all, a great post with a decent resolution. My wife told me to shut my mouth in front of a bunch of people at a kid's birthday party. Now, this was originally posted on August the 21st, 2022 my wife and i are at odds lately over her sister-in-law who is also her best friend who is married to her brother long story short she bends over backwards to accommodate their every ask including babysitting errands etc this extends to volunteering me to help them without my knowledge or consent she never sees my point of view or agrees with any criticism of them that i have we were at my nephew's birthday party today my sister-in-law is the one who's hosting it so my wife is super keen for things to go well Things were going okay. My daughter, who is three, was a bit upset because her balloon animal accidentally was popped. So she's standing with my wife, getting a cuddle, and a boy, older than her, about five or six, sprints into her and knocks her over. She's crying, obviously, and I pick her up. My wife is making a joke of it, saying, oh, she needs to watch where she's going. But I said back to her, don't blame her for getting bowled over by the bigger boy. Now, apparently the mother of this other kid was an earshot, which prompted my wife to tell me in front of one of her other best friends and a couple of other guests to shut my mouth. Then she had the cheek to tell me to not have a moody face. 
15 minutes before this post, I sent an email to a divorce lawyer for a consultation. I finally reached my limits. Okay, yeah, I'm not gonna lie. I was sort of expecting that final sentence. Uh, it seems as if this was definitely the turning point or the tipping point, let's just say, to lots of other things that have come before this for OP. We're gonna get into an update almost immediately from the same post, of course. But I will say that, yeah, although it's obviously not very nice to have your wife tell you in front of other people to shut up or shut your mouth at a kid's birthday party. I mean, to be fair, that is pretty terrible. Some other stuff must have come before that. There must be some pent up, you know, stuff going on there to actually call a divorce lawyer immediately afterwards. But anyway, let's see what happens next. So then the first update. Firstly, I'd just like to thank everyone for your responses, supportive or otherwise. Being heard and listened to is such a mental boost. I spoke to my solicitor first thing this morning and we had a good talk. He knows that I'm angry and upset at the situation and he says that he'll get myself and my wife in for a consultation if we decide to go down that route. The issue in Scotland is that for a divorce where only one party wants out, it can take upwards of a year to get it and evidence of separation in that period, unless both parties agree to unreasonable behavior as the reason for the court granting the divorce. Long story short, I can't proceed without her buy-in if I want it resolved fast. So I took my daughter to my mum's after this and then I sat my wife down. I told her that yesterday's situation was absolutely unacceptable and that if I told her to shut her mouth in front of my friends that I'd be getting crucified by everyone we know. I told her she was lucky I kept my mouth shut at the party and that I didn't give an F about how her sister-in-law would have taken it. We fought again about her sister-in-law and again, she defended her actions, saying that I'm the selfish one who won't help out my family when they need it. I then did the perhaps petty move of dropping divorce leaflets that I printed from my solicitor's website in front of her. I said to her, I absolutely want to help my family and this is how I do it. I told her about how I was tired of playing third wheel in my own marriage and I told her that I was not prepared to subject my daughter to a lifetime of this subservience. Finally, it looks like what I've said has had an impact. She cried and I think she was close to having a panic attack. This made me feel guilty because fundamentally, I don't think she's a bad person. She's just brainwashed into thinking that her sister-in-law is the second coming of the Messiah. So she promised that when I finish work today, we can have a serious talk about things and she'll listen to my concerns. Right now, I'm not buying it, but I owe her and my daughter at least a chance to sort things out. So I'll see where it goes. To answer some questions that folks had, I know this seemed like an overreaction to something, but you've got to understand that this was the latest in a long line of sister-in-law related issues. Some folks have asked if my wife might be gay and in love, and I have thought about this as a possibility. I haven't asked her yet, but I may tonight. It does certainly seem logical given how passionate she gets about it. Okay, so that is it for the first update, but just a day later, we got a second. So we sat down last night for the crunch talks. I have to give her credit where it's due. She apologized for what she said at the party and she said that she'd also have considered divorce if I'd done the same to her. I reiterated to her that my issue is that she completely makes herself subservient to her sister-in-law at our expense. I pointed out how messed up it was that she didn't immediately take our daughter's side in this incident. The collision was accidental, I think, but I told her that to blame the little one was out of line, which she accepted. I then asked her outright if she had any sort of romantic feelings for her sister-in-law. She squirmed and looked a little uncomfortable. 
She said that a long time ago at the end of high school There had been a drunken kiss on a night out but nothing beyond that She sort of played the angle that she didn't want anyone especially her brother to know about it And that's why she bends over backwards to make sure her sister-in-law is happy I asked her if her sister-in-law had ever threatened to reveal this incident, but she denies that it's even been brought up She just thinks that if the wider family knew it would bring up a lot of weirdness She swears that she has no interest in having any kind of relationship with her and that she's straight I told her I didn't care about what she did that long ago But that it needed to stop impacting our relationship in the present because I am the thinnest of thin hairs away from walking away forever She surprisingly apologized again and said that she'd really try to work on it I told her that I needed to see some proof of that so she can consider herself on probation i told her that if i feel that it's happened again i'll be taking our daughter to stay at my mum's. she accepted this so we're proceeding cautiously and guys that was the end of the story for a very long time a good six seven months however april the third of this year we got another update remember the original was posted in august of 2022 so a lot of people thought that perhaps that was going to be the end and we're wondering what would happen next but yeah in april we got another update now i will just say quickly before we get into it it seems quite encouraging right now i mean the fact that your wife's accepting of all of this and is apologizing however the fact that i can see there's another update is not necessarily a good thing but hey we'll see here we go i've posted here many times about issues i've had with my wife most commonly with regards to her subservience to her best friend turned sister-in-law she's promised to try and work on this given how much it's impacted our marriage but today i think we passed the point of no return you see today is my birthday it's past midnight now though this morning my daughter who is nearly four gave me huge hugs and kisses which was great my wife gave me a card and told me that my gift hadn't arrived in the post yet my suspicion is that she's yet to order it or ordered it late whatever it may be i then logged into my work and did my shift like any other day My wife was off work while my daughter was at my mum's for a visit. Nothing special was planned for the evening because there were plans in place already. Just that those plans didn't include me. My wife's sister-in-law and a couple of my wife's other friends had arranged to go out for dinner and drinks because a voucher that her sister-in-law had for a particular restaurant expired soon and my birthday was the only date they could all make. Terrible, right? Well, it gets better though because my wife made a big social media post wishing me a happy birthday saying how terrible it was that i had to work all night on my birthday which is a complete lie but it does make her look less bad in public for not spending my birthday with me the issue is because she's done this i now couldn't make plans with friends or family without exposing her lie so yeah great birthday When I think about how she'd react if I'd pulled half the stuff that she's pulled, I can't see it ending any other way than me getting screamed at, even though she's chosen to spend my birthday with her sister-in-law instead of me. On the plus side, I did some Warhammer painting after I collected my daughter and played with her a bit before bed. She also asked why mummy wasn't here, which kind of crushed me. Am I wrong to be annoyed about this? And there we go. My worst fears have come to fruition. It is really not looking good for you two, is all I'll say. Um, First of all, of course, you're not wrong to be annoyed about this. Are you joking? She's actively said that, that she's she's doing something else because you're busy. Like making up this entire rumor and just downright lie on social media to make herself look good and allow her to go and do things with her friends on your birthday actually insane i remember guys this is coming off the back of that that heart to heart conversation well i thought it was heart to heart and i thought the apologies were, were legit back in august 2022 when we saw the previous update where your wife literally said 
Okay, I will focus on the marriage now and our daughter, not on my sister-in-law, but no, on your actual birthday, on her husband's birthday, she's off gallivanting with the girls. Uh, and that's pretty tough, not gonna lie. This does feel like this marriage may be coming to an end, but there is one more update that was posted 12 days later. I'm not gonna give any spoilers, but let's just say this is a conclusion. Here we go. I've separated from my wife. Hi again, everyone. I just wanted to say, firstly, thank you very much for all of your responses and private messages. Many of you were supportive, and many of you, rightfully, upon reflection, told me that I needed to grow some backbone and sort my stuff out. I've been sitting on this for a few days because the full events of what has transpired since then have blown my mind and have brought home some very harsh truths about my relationship. But I also wanted to see if what went down would actually stick, and so far it has. The fun question out of the way first. For those who were asking about my painting, I was painting some Thousand Suns Terminators. Okay, so starting the day after my birthday, my wife initiated sex. And let me tell you, this was an occasion in itself. I legitimately could not tell you the last time that this happened. It's been that long i'm thinking to myself maybe she's feeling guilty about yesterday and she's trying to make it up after the deed was done she turns around to me and says your present won't be here for another couple of days that will have to do for now i'm pretty disappointed at this point not because i had a huge desire for a particular gift but because she felt that her behavior the day before was fine and then for her to think ah oh, i'll use sex to cover up my screw up well that was also a bit of a blow Whatever, I've sucked up worse before and powered through. What broke me was her opinion on her sister-in-law's birthday. Long story short, for those who don't know, she is possibly my least favorite person on the planet due to her parasitic behavior and main character syndrome. Coincidentally, it's a couple of weeks after mine. My wife told me all about her birthday plans for her. She wanted to get her a gift for her favorite massage therapist. What was the big deal? The shop only sells paper vouchers and it's a three hour round trip to the shop. So off she went, again leaving me with my daughter and what commenced next can only be described as three hours of my brain simmering slowly towards an explosion. I took my daughter to my brother's house because I knew that when my wife came back, I was going to explode. When she came back, I was sitting in the living room with a bag packed for me and in an admittedly petty move, one pack for my daughter. This immediately got her attention and she demanded to know what was going on. I unloaded it all. It wasn't coherent and I definitely got more emotional as I unloaded more grievances. I started by telling her it was unacceptable how she completely screwed up my birthday while making her sister-in-law's birthday a major priority. How I was sick of feeling like a third wheel in my own marriage. How I'd literally sacrificed my personality on the altar of keeping her happy. And how I never saw my friends anymore, yet she could do whatever she wanted. How I take care of the house, despite working more hours than her, for not even a shred of gratitude. How she used a lack of sex as a tool of manipulation and control. I cried and shouted. She did the same and vehemently denied all of my accusations. She demanded to know where our girl was, and I told her. But I told her that she would not be using her as a bargaining chip against me We eventually calmed down enough to agree that I would keep her at our house while she temporarily stayed with her mum and dad I agreed to drop her off for visits while we work things out. It's been a few emotionally exhausting days I feel drained spent and tired But I have my little girl and I feel like I have done what I could 
I don't know what my relationship status is right now. We've not been speaking except to arrange drop-offs and I'm comfortable with that for now. I need some more time before I consider more permanent steps. I've never ever unloaded on her like this before, but Jesus Christ, it felt good, even if she continued to deny everything. And there we go. That is the conclusion of that one. Wow, a lot of stuff just happened at the end there that I can't quite believe, but maybe I should have seen it coming. You know, the whole time, the semi-crocodile tears, the fake apologies. I don't know, guys. I want you to comment down below on whatever platform you're on. Do you think that OP's wife, I mean, maybe now ex-wife, it's getting towards that stage, is in love or at least has some sort of romantic desire for her sister-in-law because she she openly admitted there was a drunken kiss she's lied about other things so maybe she's lied about there being more there and she did seem very sheepish and also she clearly just loves her as a person anyway even if it's not romantic i don't know i reckon there's a lot more going on there that that op hasn't really found out about um because his wife isn't really saying all of the truth i reckon she is in love with a woman nothing wrong with that by the way but i think that might just be the, the cornerstone, the uh, the big key to this entire story. I will say this this whole story was really interesting on, on the behalf of OP because I do kind of agree with some of the comments going along that actually at some point, like you grow a backbone, right? You need to stand up for yourself. Why are you protecting your wife on social media when she's the one that's kind of just being an absolute rat to you? You know, if your wife says, oh, it's a shame that my husband is working on his birthday and that's the reason why I'm doing these things with my friends. Why don't you just say, on social media this is a lie or just tell people yeah that's actually just not true she's just going to see her sister-in-law i get it you want to keep things um you know acrimonious you want to keep the peace but you're probably a very nice guy as well a selfless guy that just doesn't want to cause too much drama whereas your wife is clearly the very opposite of that but i will say that yeah maybe you could have stepped things up a little bit earlier i do love that you did it eventually op as you said at the end right there, Jesus Christ, it felt good to unload. I feel like you have a lot of pent up things that you need to say there and lots of grievances, as you said, and it's good to actually finally get them out and take those active steps towards a better life for you and your daughter. Let's be completely honest. But yeah, I do kind of think that maybe you could have gone a little bit earlier, given that you had already mentioned about calling a divorce law and all that stuff in August of 2022. And we're now, what, seven, eight months down the line and you're still not divorced. But that's just me. I'm not in that situation. I don't have a daughter, so it's tough to know. Guys, as always, get your comments in down below. I want to hear your thoughts. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu.